another episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, this is episode 206. I'm Brandon T. McClure. With me, as always, are some bodacious dudes, such as Ben Magnet. <laughs> this is going to be a most excellent episode, if I do say so myself. Spark pl- sparkles, Sparks. What's your Spark name? <laughs> What's your name today? I was bogus. <laughs> that totally was bogus. Sparks witty. And it's a podcast. You gotta acknowledge the. Podcast. I did. I said that was bogus. That was my. All right. He he blundled my intro. I blundle Mac. <laughs> and Ryan Eliopoulos. You sunk my battleship. Uh, before we get any further into the episode, though, we I want to mention. Uh, we've been talking about it all week. We are not actually going to review New Mutants. Hell yeah, no, we're not. We have decided as a show to boycott the movie. Uh, we'll catch it on HBO Max whenever it. Yeah, when I don't, when I don't have to. When we don't have to give it money. Yeah, as much right. money as before. Yeah. Uh, look into that movie if you want to. Uh, I don't need to see it. That's a bad. That's bad X Men representation. I don't need to see it. I'm cool. Thanks, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. a lot of things came out this week that made a lot of, made us go like. Uh, not sure we feel comfortable with this. Like, do we really want to do this? Two days before the movie came out, mm-hmm. that's when that interview like dropped. Like, I mean, it's it's, I, I, it's it's crazy. Just like all, the buildup, and then just we knew about the whitewashing, yes. and we talked about it a while back. Yeah. yeah, but then that was kind of the only thing we heard like bad coming out of it. And it's crazy that it's taken all these years of it being delayed, and we didn't, we still didn't hear about some of the shit going on. Yeah. until this week, right. it's a shit. It's a it's a shame. It's got to wipe the slate clean for that for that. I wouldn't reboot. I wouldn't have been excited for so long. Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, hey, so, I got that. I got that comic book. I'm good. So mm-hmm. so that is our stance. We are not going to review New Mutants. However, we are going to still go forward with reviewing Bill and Ted Face the Music, as you can see by the title of this, of this episode, which um, is always going to be this episode's topic anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is, I've kind of I've added some things to the description below. I put a bunch of links down there. I'm going to start. In the description, putting uh, things that we have put out on YouTube throughout the week. So, for example, we have our Lovecraft Country see, episode two, season one finale. No, episode two, um, uh, uh, Fake Nerds Watch. We have Umbrella Academy, season two, Fake Nerds Watch. And that- yeah, sweet man, that's sweet. that computer is great. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, and the four quarantine reviews. Hey, there's a review of New Mutants. Um, our four quarantine reviews. Oh, almost um, guaranteed at this point that that's a better, better movie. look at that movie than, than the real one. <laughs> uh, so Sparks was able to put all those up uh, this week uh, as their own videos, so you can check those out uh, in the description below. So that's that's just the, some of the things I wanted to touch on before just, we kind of got started. Just to clarify what Brian's talking about, these are our reviews of A Quiet Place Part 2, Mulan, New Mutants, and No Time to Die that we did when the lock-in started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot. James and they Bond. are improvised fake reviews of those movies <laughs> because uh, I, I, the whole thing that motivated this is I had a friend contact me and ask how we saw New Mutants early and reviewed it and what we thought. And I revealed that, no, that's not, that's not the case. You got it, actually. They didn't want to listen to it because they were afraid of spoilers. And I'm like, oh, no, no. It's a goof. It's, it's not real. Yeah. We, we, all four of us just went ahead and just improved our butts off for those reviews. I will they're, say. They're real, they are real reviews of a movie we <clears throat> have not seen. I will say, 
uh, none of us mentioned that that um, Loki. Lo- mm, what's the dragon's name? Purple dragon in it's Loki. Yeah. Loki. Nobody Loki. mentioned that Lockheed was in the movie. Yeah, that was a spoiler, Ben, that I was talking about last week, that Lockheed's in the movie, yeah. the dragon, oh. which is cool. Uh, I'll find out when I see that in like six months, I guess. Yeah, that's a damn shame. All right, so who wants to go for their week? I got quite a bit this week, so I don't want to start us off with too much. What if, you go, how about, what if you go first, Brandon? What if we flip the script, turn topsy-turvy table, turbo tables? All right, topsy-turbo table, turbo table, right? Did I do it right? You actually did. I'm very impressed. Cool. Um, okay, so real quickly, the big thing I did this week uh, that is that's taking me so long, you guys, uh, ages ago, I was in high school. Netflix didn't have a streaming service yet. Remember this? Remember that? Mm-hmm. I got the, I oh, got the I just remember DVD the, service. I, remember the, the I decided I decided that I was going to watch Star Trek Enterprise from beginning to end on Netflix. What that meant that the, at that time was that you got every DVD a week at a time <laughs> uh, from the DVD sets. So I did it. I watched all four seasons of that show off of Netflix. That's what and I did with Smallville. I got like two DVDs at a time. It took me like nine years. Yeah. Um, that took me, yeah, that took me a couple of years. Um, but what that led to was a realization that I had not seen every episode of Star Trek. What had happened was I had these DVD sets that had uh, uh, select episodes. It's like Klingon, Borg, Q, Captain's thing. They just select episodes that I had gotten from the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas. Um, and I, I watched the shit out of those. I watched, so I watched, and I watched Star Trek: The Next Generation on Spike TV um, when they were airing reruns of that. Um, so I watched most episodes of Star Trek a lot, but I hadn't seen every episode of Star Trek. So I decided to go back, and I started with, with the original series. And I watched every episode of the original series, but I kept taking years off because I got tired of it. The third season of the original series is real bad. <laughs> Um, and then I would watch Next Gen, then Deep Space Nine, and uh, now we're up to my adult life. I finally finished Deep Space Nine, uh, and then this week I finished Star Trek Voyager, which is the end of that journey that I started in high school. It's been a long road. Getting from there to here. <laughs> it's been a long time. Hey, Titus. So my time is finally here. I'm proud of you, Brandon. Hi, nice of you to join us, Titus. Brandon has completed all of Star Trek. Hell so, yeah. It's been, it's, been, it was, it's, been, it's been a long road. Um, it has been a long time coming, but I've finally done it, and I'm feeling super nostalgic for it because, you know, uh, it's got more than 10 years I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finally finished it, and I really liked shows more than I thought it would. Like, Deep Space Nine is incredible. It ages like fine wine. Um, Star Trek Voyager, I liked a hell of a lot more than people said I would. I really quite enjoyed Star Trek Voyager. And uh, uh, I was just really happy to finally do it. And my girlfriend joined me at the, at, the, at the tail end of the journey. So I was able to do it with her as well. So so Brad, really- you have, apparently you have made a new friend because Titus also is a huge fan of Star Trek. Yeah, uh, sweet. Trek live on a proper. Um. And I'm also caught up on all the new Star Trek shows, so I have actually seen every episode of Star Trek. Which Hell is yeah, dude. You really can officially, cool. you can call yourself a Trekkie. You are finally there. DPM Gaming TM says, what, what, what's up, nerds? Star, what's Trek. Up? Star Trek is what's up. Um, oh, excuse me. 
then I'll just go down. I finished Blockbuster Podcast. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. This season was about James Cameron starring Ralph Ralph Marquand. Ross Marquand? Ross Marquand. Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead. You know, he he was he replaced uh, Hugo Weaving as the Red Hood in Endgame. Who? Who? Want to try again? Hugo Weaving is the Red, the Red Hood. Hood. Red Hood is my favorite Captain Let's America. Let's go. <laughs> uh, the, K, K Titus, the original, is not the best. I'm afraid it is Deep Space Nine. So sorry. Um, I, I didn't say it that. is my favorite. Love that Star Trek and what the show represents the struggle towards unity of all DPM gaming team. Oh, yes, yeah. me too. Um, right. So, anyway, Blockbuster Pod, uh, great season. I think it was better than the first. You know, they were able to focus on one person, on James Cameron, his life, his struggles with his family, his kind of determination. Really paints James Cameron in 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 uh, a light that he is a huge dick, but also kind of endearing. And it goes from the moment he watches Star Wars for the first time to his Oscar win for Titanic is the series. Um, and talking about uh, talking about Titanic, you know, they really get into what he went through to get Titanic right, the struggles that he had to do with the studios. Uh, you know, he gave up his 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 uh, director fee and his stake in the movie to make it the, the movie he needed it to be. Um, so then I watched Titanic because I felt like I need to see this movie. I don't why I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so I decided to watch it again uh, for the first time in God knows how long. And I will die on the hill that that is James James Cameron's masterpiece. No, I'll probably I'll, I'll die on that hill with you. I think as. I think Titanic is one of the, his best movies that he's ever made. I mean, as much was, as I love Terminator 2, but Titanic is like it's it was Titanic. the combination. It was the combination of watching, of listening to Blockbuster podcast. Oh, downright nerdy! Wow, we're busy. We're busy tonight. We <laughs> Hi, are. Downright nerdy. Um, yeah, it was the combination of of listening to Blockbuster podcast and hearing the the struggle of James Cameron um, and. Uh, watching Lindsay Ellis's video where she basically is like, hey, this movie's good. It gets a bad rap. I don't understand why. Yeah. Um, it was just, that's just kind of solidified the whole thing. Like, yeah, I think with everything that went into it, I don't know if it's his best movie, but also James Cameron doesn't make bad movies. It's true. Um, yeah, but Mag I do think it is. A... Uh, yeah, Mag says Aliens, though. Yeah, Look, Aliens is a great movie. Again, like I said, James Cameron doesn't make bad movies. I think Titanic is a masterpiece, though. Titanic uh, the Sorry, I was laughing at uh, downright nerdy. Uh, Ryan Riley just watched the trailer for Gods of Years when she said she thought it looked good. Might be a little <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I also thought the trailer like sold me enough, but like, hey, trailers lie a lot. So they do. They do. I I, wa- I listen. I watched. I listened to the first episode of the the uh uh, uh not Spielberg. What's his name? Um, Star Wars man. George Lucas. George Lucas. Yeah, I listened to the first episode. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's like 30 minute, like actual, like drama episodes. And it's like, hey, it's me. I'm George Lucas. Wow, Steven, I like you. Like, it's yeah. all really charming. So uh, uh, that's a good podcast. I recommend it. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, uh, so then I watched Titanic and did that. I also watched um, Always Be My Maybe, finally, which is the, uh, which is the, the, Randall Park. Ali, Ali Wong, Randall Park, Keanu Reeves uh, movie. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that a while back. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. DPM Gaming. This Star Trek thing is getting blown up on our on our on our comment section. DPM Gaming says, "I like DS9 because it gives more of a reality of everyday life, similar to real life. We can relate all the aspects of Starfleet." Yeah. It also has Cisco. Um, yeah, TNG is great. 
Um, it also has it also has Cisco uh, DS 9s basically being like, uh, Earth doesn't care about your plight because it's a paradise and nobody gives a shit. I was like, the shit, okay. Um, Real stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so always be my baby. Super charming. Really liked it. Keanu Reeves is great mm-hmm. in there, it. There were a lot of people when Bill and Ted three was coming up that were saying, "Can Keanu Reeves even do comedy anymore?" And I'm like, "Just watch Always Be My Baby." Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching um, that, that the, the first week it came out with Fanny, and we were we were listening to the song that Random Park scenes at the end credits where uh, where he punches Keanu Reeves in the yes, face. Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah. that was on the repeat for in our car for like I don't know a you, week and a half. You best. Plus. You best believe I punched Keanu Reeves. Best believe I Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've watched both seasons of the TV show Trinkets, which stars Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I've, I've never heard of this show. Yeah, uh, it's a Netflix show. It's only got two seasons. It was unfortunately canceled. Super charming. Great cast. Really sad it's canceled. It also uh, stars Sunspot. Ooh. In a very punchable role. Ah, that's fitting, I guess. Um, man, uh, with other news of the week, um, somebody on, on Twitter that I follow was like, man, uh, hey, if you get a show on Netflix, don't, pa- don't write past two seasons because chances are you're not going to get a third season. Yeah. And... It's so true. It's crazy. If you look at how many shows only get two and go, it's crazy. Trinkets, Trinkets ends at the second season. I just want to see. And so I was happy about that. It has a good conclusive ending. Cool. Um, but I, I, I like the cast so much. I wanted to see them back. You know, it's just a shame that we're not going to see them back. Uh, the, the, I, sorry, I forget her name, but um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead from, you know. Dipple. Dipple. Um, she's really great in it. And cool. I found it to be really charming. Now right Nerdy says... I'm on season four of The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Freaking love it. Highly recommend it. Is that the show you were watching, Ben? Uh, no, I was watching Nightfall. I think The Nightfall. Last Kingdom is that uh, um, it's the South Korean one where it's like it's it's like uh, ancient or like medieval Korea, but there's zombies. Is it zombies? Is this on season so. four already? Holy crap! Yeah, very very excited for season two of the boys DPM game. Oh yeah, oh, my gosh. you have no idea. Um, so- okay. And then I read some comics. I read Deceased, Unkillables, which is the new Deceased volume. It finally came out in hardcover. How was that? Because I was waiting for a trip. Great. Great. Uh, no, just is, as good. The Last Kingdom is not the, the zombie. Oh. South Korean one you're thinking of. Okay. Mm, okay. I think that's just called Kingdom. Because I'll say that's yeah, not... Yeah, yeah, I, say, just I just saw a trailer for that a while ago. I'm pretty sure that's not... Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, it might just be a Kingdom. Yeah, so Deceased, Unkillables... Uh, I have the hardcover. It looks just like the volume one hardcover. Uh, gorgeous book. I love the art. Uh, heartbreaking. Tom is Taylor. It, it's heartbreaking. Is it? Um, is it a? Is it, it take place between one and two? It takes the first issue takes place during the entire volume of season of volume one. Okay. And then the next two issues are after. Interesting. Okay. So it's about what happens on Earth because this is Red Hood and Vandal Savage and Creeper and Solomon Grundy and Cheetah, Cassandra Kane, uh, Lady Shiva. They've all Jim Gordon. They've all stayed on Earth. So they've stayed behind uh, to look after these kids. That's what I'm saying. Um. So I I really I really liked it. Uh, Tom Taylor needs to get a Justice League book. I said it. That dude needs to write the main Justice League book. The world is on your side. Didn't, didn't we all say it? <laughs> yeah, the world's on your side. Yeah, I think we did. Um, and then I also finally finished Green Lantern Earth 1, Volume 2. Uh, once again, the artwork is gorgeous. Uh, and that book is really great. I, th- I really like the um, reinvention of the Green Lantern mythos. Uh, pre- present in that Earth 1 line. Obviously, I caught up on all the X-Men books. They're great. Yes. 
Um, and then, because of some distressing news that happened this week, I decided to watch Get On Up, which is the Chadwick Boseman film about, um, oh my James God, Brown. James, James Brown. Brown. Just watch this movie, James Brown. Um, it's, it has 80% of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand how. It's, it's honestly not that good. Um, yeah. But he's really great in it. Um, it does have the same kind of problems that you see with a lot of biopics that they're trying to do like the whole life. But what this one does worse is that it does it in an unlinear fashion, a nonlinear fashion. So it's just, you don't get any resolution to scenes because you're expecting that it's going to happen towards the end of the movie or it would already happened in the beginning of the movie. And you're just like confused whenever they switch the scenes. But he's great. Chadwick Boseman is great in it. So. And that's all I got. All right. Um, I, I'll, I'll go next. I didn't do a whole lot, uh, myself this week. Really the only stuff I really did was in the later half of the week. So, um, Fan and I are continuing with, uh, um, Legend of Korra. We are now officially on season three and I've actually, now I've been, I think I'm like one of the most pop positive, uh, on, on Legend of Korra in that show. Cause I know Sparks hasn't watched all of it yet. Uh, Ryan, have you watched it all? No, I've never seen Korra. Oh, you never seen Cora? No, Ben. Oh, God damn it. Ben, it's Ryan. Ryan prefers it to Last Airbender, correct? Okay. I just like it. I, I like the, the world of it more than yeah, the okay. first one. I yeah, don't think it's a better show, but I just like it more. Okay. Yeah, because I know, Brandon, you kind of have your... You, you don't hate it. You're kind of eh on Legend of Cora. No, not even that. I like Legend of Cora. I, I prefer Last Airbender a lot, though. Okay. Yeah, because I still prefer Last Airbender, but I was listening to um, Team Four Stars because uh, they have a podcast as well. I was listening to... Uh, to them talk about it this week and even when i was watching season two with fanny now not to spoil anything but there are parts of it that were in season two i was like this doesn't this isn't that that good season two is worse yeah season two is yeah that's why i wasn't eager to continue with the show at the yeah. time it gets so much it gets like i never it, thought it got like bad <laughs> but like the quality definitely drops i'm not gonna uh, yeah. disagree but man but i think yeah, like there was a part in season two where Fanny and I were talking, kind of like riff tracksing it, essentially, about um, Cora and her and her doing anything. And then, oh, you okay, hey, okay Brandon? What's I right? dropped all my Skittles. Oh, taste the rainbow! Oh no, <laughs> Skittle emergency! I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Go out, Brandon's picking up his Skittles. But yeah, um. Because this is the second time I've seen Korra since I first watched it on when it um, first came out. Like Avatar, I've watched multiple times ever since it first aired. Whereas Korra, I only saw it the once and then had hadn't seen it again. So getting refreshed with it is good. But at the same time, I'm starting to notice like I'm, the nostalgia goggles are gone essentially. Because when it first came out, I'm like, hell yeah, sequel to Avatar. This is awesome. It can do no wrong. And now I'm like, oh nope, yeah, it definitely can do some wrong. Oh yeah, it does wrong. It it definitely can. But uh, season but season three. We're, I want to say we're almost halfway through season three right now, and it's it's still great. I absolutely adore it. Like all the problems I have season, it's like one of those things where when you're watching a show, it's like, yeah, there's that one season that's not the best, but once you get past it, the quality just jumps right up. So we're doing, so we're watching Korra. Oh, uh, I finally season, put up, oh yeah. Season, season three is my favorite season because that's got, you're at Zaheer. So here's, yeah. Here's dope ass uh, um, yeah, yeah. group. Careful, careful. Spoilers. There's spoilers. No, yeah, no, the bad guy's name is here. That's all. Um, that's Henry yeah, Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's Henry Rollins and his whole team of like badass benders. That that's the reason I love that season. That he is yeah. the coolest dude. He's so cool. No, Zaheer season three is also my favorite season because I think my my 
if I had to rank the seasons, it'd go three, four, one, and two. Yeah. Yeah. But four and four and one, like go back and forth every now and then. So I could like four and one, I could like put, I could switch, but two is dead last the whole time. So yeah, so we're we're at to here. So here's awesome. All the other stuff is awesome. And I'm still enjoying the show. I also finished my article on a high score. You can read that on oldschoolgamermagazine.com right now. I'm going to assume Brandon has a link in the description link below. Link in the description. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. So I was actually, I, re- I started rewatching it because the first time I was watching it, I had my phone with me so I could like write down notes as, um, as soon as I got something to write about. So yeah. now I'm rewatching the show in just pure enjoyment. I'm like, man, I mean, there, there are some big omissions in the, um, there are some big omissions in the show, like I mentioned last time, but still, it's just fun. I just like watching, learning stuff about video games. Oh, I, think he mu- I think he muted himself. There you go. Good job. Yeah. I would say the five second roll, but he, it's been like two minutes. You made downright nerdy want Skittles right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll share. Yeah. He'll ship them to you to sanitize them first. Yeah. Uh, so, besides um, getting my stuff written, I also started playing Fall Guys. I actually started playing that on a Friday or Saturday morning when I came home from work for the very first time. We played a little bit of it uh, last night. That game actually is pretty fun. I really enjoy it. Highly recommend it. I'm I'm glad I got it for free on PlayStation Network. And I want to keep it better because I I made it to the final round like two times. And I'm really bummed I didn't get that damn crown. Yep. Got to grab it. Brandon Brandon won Fall Guys. The first one. I did. That game... uh... I, I got super fun. lucky. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna also, lie to you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and also Saturday was the first time I've did something that I've never done before. I figured, screw it. My PS4 has the capabilities, why not try it? I streamed on Twitch for the first time this week. There you go, buddy. There you go. I streamed uh, I streamed Fall Guys. So it's like, cool. That was that was fun. Plan to do it again in the next weekend. So woohoo. And I also finally started um, reading my comics again. I had a huge stack. If you looked on my Instagram, I have a huge backlog of X-Men books I need to read through, which mm. I'm happy about. I have a lot of X-Men stuff to read. I'm on Wolverine right now. But the books I read earlier today that I really enjoyed, I can't wait for the next issue, are Star Wars and Darth Vader. Okay. Because those, I'm I, I feel like... Those... I'm officially on Star Wars comics. Sorry. I'm officially off Star Wars awesome. comics. Not that they're bad, just I read too many comics. And there's a yeah. whole line where I'm like, I'll get to them. They're not going anywhere. I know they sell well, right? Yeah. They're not going to cancel Star Wars. They don't need you. They yeah. don't need me. Just like Batman, it doesn't need me. It could be, it'll be fine. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm loving the Star Wars run. Uh, Star Wars, the mainline titles run by Charles Soule. Luke is getting into some cool stuff I'm really into. Uh, Greg Pak is currently writing the Darth Vader book right now. The fourth issue that just came out this week is really rad. And I got, um, I was, I got to issues. Uh, I finished issues one and two of Wolverine. Man, that book. What's up? Darth Vader. Darth Vader was two weeks ago. Oh, two weeks ago. Oh yeah, it was two weeks ago. I I picked up my books this week. That's right. Oh, yeah. I got you. It's catching up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I I got to Wolverine issue three, so that's the one I need to uh, to pick back up. But issues one and two, since they're a little older, man, those issues are rad as hell. And I freaking loved issue one. And I, re- I really wanted to find out more about the Vampire Nation. I really love the Vampire Nation. Four. Oh, oh, really? Oh, you mean uh, oh, you mean this issue that's right here? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah it's yeah. there and um, as and i said it, as i said I'm, i am caught up on all the x-men books i've uh, uh they the, the wolverine issue four is really good wow, that <laughs> final page is like you can put that up as like a piece of art it's so yeah. it's so also oh, scary no, and once again, I'm like we like Ryan said, X um X gonna give it to you. I'm also for it because all the X every single X-Men book I've picked up since House of X, Dawn of X. Uh, of course, Brandon was super kind enough to get us those pins. Thank you oh, again, yeah. Brandon. I'm like, I'm gonna and I, to my body. I, I am so excited. Every time I go pick up my books, I see a whole bunch of X-Men books. I'm like, hell yeah. Hell this yeah. is some good stuff. This is the good stuff. Even when I'm at Frank and Sons or I'm talking to my friends and they're like, hey, Ben, we're, what good comics are out right now? I'll tell them, just X-Men. Go into a side comic book store, get any any and every new X-Men book that you can get because that you there's, will not be disappointed. There's three new copies of Hawks Pox at our, at our shop that's on the wall. I'm like, ooh, those are going to sell fast, I bet. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a decent-sized stack. And uh, also I picked up three Jokers. Which are, our store was really kind because I went in there with my girlfriend and I got my uh, the I got the Red Hood variant, and also my store they're giving away those playing cards. The, Did we all get the Red Hood uh, variant. Uh, I know the Red Hood, right? Yeah, I got the Red Hood variant. Brandon, yeah, I got the Red Hood variant too. What? No, what? I'm saying that's what I'm saying we all got the same variant. No, I got what? the regular. Oh, wow, that's funny. You broke the chain, Brandon. Here's here's my process. If there are too many variants that I can't decide, I just get the regular. Oh, I like the one that I thought looked coolest. That's reasonable. I just got the red hood because I was like, yeah, really. Because when I was looking, I was like, yeah, red hood looks cool. Yoink. Yeah, the guy at the store. These four these four kids came into the comic shop the day I went to go to the store. I didn't go with him, but they were looking at the four the four jokers. They're looking at three jokers, and then they had variants for the three jokers, right? And the variants were twenty five dollars. And these kids didn't know like the prices or anything, so they were all about to buy this twenty five dollar variant, all four of them. And I was like, guys. Do not spend $25 on this comic. It's right over there. They just missed where the comic was. And they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. They're up to spend 100 bucks on, on a comic. And I'm like, oh my God. I, and I, I and somewhere the guy you. who works at the comic store is Fuck like, you! Ryan! <laughs> I know. No, man. Being young and poor, they were like, well, they all had like, oh, well, if I buy this, I can buy, I only have this much left. And I'm like, guys, the cheap one's right there. Buy more comics. Like, I felt like a, no, yeah, I yeah. Felt like, a like a capitalist hero. Well, you're they're partially. They're yeah, he always pops up. He's like, "Damn it!" But then, yeah. <laughs> and actually, it's funny because because I asked him because apparently uh, Sparks told me that Mega Man Fully Charged came out this week, and when I went to the store, they, it didn't. It, they sold out, but they only had the like the twenty dollar and the the twenty five dollar and the eighteen dollar variants. And I'm like, that's a little rich for my blood. Sorry, dude. It's a little rich. Yeah. Uh, ninety. Uh, went to the. says went to my LCS for the first time in a couple months today. Ninety five percent of my haul are indies. Ninety five percent of my haul is X Men. So that's that's because you're better than me. I no hey, better I, than I. I read a lot of independent comics. It's just right now, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the books that I read are like on hiatus, and then all yeah. the X Men titles are coming out nine times a month. So like you know. Yeah. But the reason why I mentioned that I'm I went very, to I'm very happy. But real quick, Ben. Sorry, uh, it's a downright nerdy's thing. I'm very happy. My poll is. I, I look forward to every book on that on that poll. Yeah, but the reason why I was uh, I'm shouting out uh, our local comic book store is because when I went, the guy was really cool, and he not only gave me one card but two, so Fan could have one as well. Nice. I, don't, I, don't I, thought I, was, I thought that was nice. Yeah, it's just you know a little a little Joker Batman playing just card. A, just an ace of spades. Just an ace of spades. But yeah, I thought, and also, I, I just really dig this cover right here. 
with the three yeah. jokers. Faybach, Faybach is a hell of an artist. Yeah. Yep. That is the, that, at the moment, I, I think the art is the best part of that book. Uh, not uh, not yeah, to make that a, 100% yeah, did you read it, Ben? Uh, Three Jokers? Yeah. Not yet, it's on the bottom of my pull. I'm gonna get through all my X-Men first and then get to Three Jokers. Okay. Uh, not, 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 it's a slight spoiler alert, I liked it. But, um... I'm, uh, I'm not shocked. No offense, Brandon. No, that's why I said spoiler alert. Um, I, but yeah, the artwork is incredible. Jason Fairbox is amazing. Yeah, that is a, that is a, uh, it is a, uh, like when you think of like an encapsulation of what Batman is like that, that's, this is it. Like, this is like, it's like, it's uh, it takes place during any time period. And this is like a good looking Batman. It also helps. That it looks like the 89 Batman. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, damn it. Oh. Um, nope. That's pretty much it. I've just read, I've read some of my books today. Finally, I'm planning to get that stack done before I have to go to the store next Wednesday. What Nick, uh, this upcoming Wednesday. Played some Fall Guys, and I got my article written. So that's pretty much all I did. Hell yeah. Ryan Sparks, which one? I'll go. So I read lots of comics. Uh, X-Men continued to be great. Uh, we talked about it when we played a video game, whenever that was, Brandon. But uh, the Magneto issue of X-Men was hella cool. Yeah. Uh, it's just Magneto being a boss-ass bitch, just, just wrecking shop, being the coolest dude on the planet. Like The children are just screaming his name because he's a hero. Uh, X-Men is so cool. Um, I spent my entire week starting, playing, finishing all the story and DLC for the video game Batman colon Arkham Knight. Um, that game plays like a dream. That is so fun to play. If that is what the base is for Gotham Knights and, you know, Suicide Squad, like it's got a great, it's got a great, um, base for the game. Right. Uh, I played that game five years ago when it originally came out and I thought it was pretty good. I thought the story was pretty good. Um, I was way less um uh i didn't notice so many things as i do now and i wasn't as you were uh, less woke i was i i was less you woke. were sleepier i was super sleepy guys i was i was the sleepiest white boy five years ago right uh luckily i'm not but i really i gotta talk about arkham knight because it is one of the most problematic games in terms of female representation i've ever seen in a video game um first of all you guys remember who wrote arkham asylum no it's paul dean paul dean Paul yeah, Dini, sole writer of the video game Arkham Asylum. That's why that and game is Arkham City. He was he was the co-writer of Arkham City. Oh, okay. that's where the problems start coming in because the guy who runs the studio of Rocksteady was the co-writer of Arkham City. Then he became the lead writer for Arkham Knight, and two mm -hmm. other guys who work at Rocksteady were the writers for Arkham Knight. Paul Dini was not involved at all. Right. So <clears throat> let's let how do we start this? Let's say um, so. The first time you meet Poison Ivy, she's locked up in jail. Okay. Uh, Harley Quinn saves her, only for her to be locked up in jail again by the Scarecrow. The next time you meet Poison Ivy, you rescue her from Scarecrow, only for Batman to put her in jail. That's what she does the entire game, until you rescue her and she dies. Cool story. Harley Quinn. The first time you meet Harley Quinn in the regular game, um, she shows up and she's like, Hey, Bats, you know, you killed Joker and I hate your guts and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you punch out Harley Quinn and she's knocked out on the floor while you fight all of her regular goons and you don't have a boss fight. That's where Harley Quinn's represented in that game. Great, cool. Batgirl. Batgirl is, is is Oracle. Oracle is the tech person of the group, right? She's she's the she's the person in the ear of Batman. Uh, she's kidnapped at the beginning of the game. She's killed at the beginning of the game, but it's not really her. She's kidnapped, uh, still kidnapped at the end of the game. But it's Alfred. It's Alfred who is your tech guy the entire game. It's Alfred who's helping you with the drones and helping you with the computer stuff and helping you with the Arkham Knight stuff. Uh, you have a tech person. You just decided she's a woman and you wanted to kidnap her because that's way more fun. That's right. kind of shit. 
she um, she becomes the she becomes the primary tech person towards the end of the game. Um, she's locked up the entire game until the end because Scarecrow has it because it was there's there is a, a good chunk of the game. I mean, I played it recently, like, like a month ago. The game to activate Nightfall mode for her to come back at the after after the game's over. No, I'm talking about like right right after she's rescued, which is right after you find out that Jason Todd is the Arkham Knight, which is yes. still like 30 minutes before the game ends. Um, yes. That's when she becomes the main hour. tech. Right, that, that's when she becomes the main tech person. Yeah, cool. The last 30 minutes of a 30 hour mm-hmm. game, that's fast. So I'm not uh, making excuses, I'm just saying. Oh no, I know, but like, it's still, it's really crappy. Even even like the regular characters, again, it's, it's, the, it's the writing, it's awful, it's awful. Batman, Batman, all of Batman's writing is, I have to do this, I have to go over here. Barbro, I have to do this. Kevin Conner is giving it his best, but these guys are the, the right. The best writing is all the militia dialogue when you're zooming through the city, because it's just like guys like, man, if Batman showed up right now, I would, I would beat the crap out of Batman. He don't even know. And if he showed up, he's like, oh, I was kidding, Batman. That's the funny stuff in the game. Everything involving all the girls is bad. It's awful. And oh, Catwoman. Do you remember how you meet Catwoman when she's introduced in the game? She's kidnapped. Mm-hmm. She's kidnapped. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I, you know, I could have got out on my own after you spent 30 hours getting me out. No, it doesn't. I don't think so, Selena. Um, I find it gross. I think a lot of the boss battles are really bad. I think the drone stuff, I fought maybe 500 drones in that game. Are you telling me if, even if, like, I know Batman's not real, but if this were a comic book, would he fight 500 manless drones in a tank? That doesn't seem very Batman or fun. Um, the set piece stuff's really good, but man, I, I now understand why people kind of just like, don't think of Arkham Knight that much anymore. Cause it's kind of bad. It's kind of very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me super excited for that Gotham Knights game because that's the Warner Brothers studio who made Arkham Origins. And that's secretly maybe the best Batman game. Um, and I'm just like, man, I'm just so bummed out because like the further it went along, I was just like, I don't, I'm, this is bad. I don't think this is very good. But again, the gameplay, that's that separation, man. That gameplay so, is so good. So uh, you also talked to me about how you put found out about the Rocksteady allegations thank you for bringing this up thank you so much so yes two years ago um there were allegations against rock city of of sexual abuse of harassment all that shit that's currently going on 10 of the 16 women who worked at the studio signed that thing saying this was happening 10 of the 16 uh then then it wasn't really much heard of again uh and now knowing how this how maybe that studio is run and now they they pushed out the person who was the only good writer of the series i now see how arkham knight turned out the way it is um and i'm just like Whew, it really bummed me out. Um, it really bummed me out because I think that's uh, I think that series starts so strong and it blew the video game world out of the water with Arkham Asylum and it ends with just real real bad writing. I think um, I, it bummed uh, me. I would never think to defend the right the writing, no, but, but it is um, for me as far as like how it handles Scarecrow and the fact that I don't actually mind the the Batmobile stuff. It is. Probably as my second favorite. Sure, but you know, Arkham Asylum is really good. Yeah. Um, I I really like how it handles Scarecrow. Again, not to make any excuses. No, Scare- um, no Scarecrow is, is cool. That's a cool villain. And I, yeah. again, I, I love. I always love the thing about Batman villains, where once you get up to them, Batman just punches them and they're done. Like that's always the coolest part because they're just all regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happens with Scarecrow. Like Gordon punches Scarecrow out. That's fun. Um, like all that stuff is great. It's just everything surrounding it. It's just like, they don't know what to do with women. They just don't know how to handle women. They have to, they're only damsels or they're only, or they're only meant to be rescued. It's just like, it's, it bums me out. I would have liked to have seen what Paul Dini would have done with Arkham Knight. 
Yeah, and I'm really curious if just he they didn't ask him back or he just didn't want to come back. I'm really curious because he I don't see why you do two and I'll come back for the trilogy. You know what well, I mean? he make, he he makes a lot of setups in in City, which is my favorite in the franchise. Yeah, um, not my yeah. Uh, City sets up a lot of things for a sequel, such as with Azriel, and then Azriel is really nothing in the in Arkham Knight. I mean, I like I, I, combat challenges. I love combat challenges. So it's just Azriel staying as just like. We're just gonna fight as Azrael, but don't get hit. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine, whatever. Um, a lot of the side stuff is is fun, like the the Professor Pig, like uh, I was about um, to bring it up. like the murder mystery, like the detective stuff. All that stuff's really fun. I don't think Firefly needed two separate missions focusing on him, where you chase him. Three? What's what's the third one? There's yeah, the, the it's in the there there are fire truck there are there are on fire uh, Building. um, yeah, buildings yeah. in and all fire, three sections yeah. in all three sections. But what's the third one? There's firemen, and then there's then there's. Uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought you because you, you have to do it four times. Before oh, you, I see. No, yeah. You have to do I it like three times before you beat Firefly. Two separate missions about him. Yes. And I'm like, wow, that's wow, Firefly. He's the guy you, you take space up for other villains. Um, the the reason I played Arkham Knight again is for the seasons of Infamy, which is the DLC missions. Those are the best parts of the game. Those I'm surprised those aren't in the main game because like uh, it's Mister Freeze, Killer Croc. It's League of Assassins stuff, which I won't spoil what that's about because that's my that's the coolest stuff. Uh, oh, and Matt Hatter, and Matt Hatter, um, and all that stuff's really fun. I'm um, like, man, uh, it's a shame I have the game again. Bye, downright nerdy. Bye. See you. See you. Bye, Michael. Um, yeah. Um, the Killer Croc uh, stuff in the season of Infinity is my favorite. Yeah, all that stuff is so fun, and I'm I, I am glad I got to do that stuff again. Um, and again, like it's not all bad. Like some of those missions, like hanging out with the squad, like hanging out with Nightwing and Tim, like that's all really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think like the reveal of Red Hood. Um, you can't introduce a character three games in, halfway through your game, and expect me to care about who he is. They had to have introduced Jason Todd in the one of the previous games, saying that this happened before. Because when you introduce to him fifteen hours into the game, this is the first time you're meeting the character. So why do I care that he's the bad guy? Only because I've read comic books. That's the only reason I know who the Red Hood is. Again, if John Johnny Johnny Tsunami, if Casey Casual bought this game, he's like, I don't know who Jason Todd is. Like, oh, he was Robin. That stinks. Like that he got beat up. Like I don't feel the, the emotional impact, but because we all read the comics, like we know who he is. Uh, also, Troy Baker's—he's he, fine. He's just an emotional guy. He's—he didn't need to be Red Hood. Um, that's my rant about Arkham Knight. I'm bummed out. I'm super excited for Gotham Knights. Um, I, I was watched, excited for Suicide Squad. That's still two years away. So like that could—that's was a different writer. So like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it potentially could be better. Sure. Um, I inadvertently watched the Chadwick Boseman movie called Gods of Egypt, which is a 2016 movie about Egyptians who are all white boys uh, <laughs> for the downright annoyed movie thing that we did not do this week because of scheduling. We are doing it tomorrow, Monday. Guys, I, I, I think Gods of Egypt is going to be the first movie I make a video essay on. I am so, I am so enraptured. It is, it is such a, it is such a movie. Um, I, I really want you guys to watch it because it's on, it's it's next level crazy. If you guys watch my Instagram stuff, you just saw that Jeffrey Rush plays the sun god Raw and he grows 10 times bigger and shoots things out. Um, it's wild. Um, uh, Chadwick Boseman is in it. He's like the only black guy in the movie. And I like his interview about it because he was he even recognized the whitewashing of the movie. And he's like, I wanted to be in this movie so they can have an actual representation of Egyptian like, like culture. And like, I am playing the god of math and blah, blah, blah. And so like, I am like, I feel happy about my representation. It's a shame about the, the, the choices for the other stuff. And I'm like, you are a king, man. Thank you. Uh, he's not very good in it, unfortunately. Uh, but that's not his fault. I think that's just that whole movie sucks. Um, but I'm really glad I watched it because I'm probably going to watch it like 10 more times making a video essay about it because 
not, not enough people had talk about it online. And I don't know why, because it's, it's a, it's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. It's a, it's a $200 million Marvel Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter knockoff. That's trying to set up its own franchise. That's just, nope. <laughs> so Ryan's new video essay on gods of Egypt coming soon. Uh, probably not soon, but like it's, it is absolutely the movie where I'm like, I want to know every single thing about this movie because how did this happen? Truly this is like once in a lifetime, how did this happen? Kind of movies. It's like Dune. If you guys haven't seen Dune, but also it's like one of those, like how this is just a, a cavalcade of just b- baloney. Like we'll probably just be sitting there watching going. How Wait, was cavalcade of baloney is your video essay series name. Baloney. Oh, wow. I love it. Um, I believe I did some stuff with him, but I'll just talk about it when he talks about it. That's that's my week. I played so much Batman. Sparks? Yeah, um, I read X-Men like other people did. I also read Empire tie-ins. Um, Empire's, Empire's tie-ins are still good. They finished... Uh, they finished... Avengers and Captain America. Yeah, those are uh, the, the tie-ins for like those. three and four issues. Three issues. Mm-hmm. Um, three issues on the Avengers line and three issues on uh, Captain America. And at the end, uh, those the people in it are both get the call like Wakanda's in trouble. Empire Six. And, we gotta go. We gotta yeah. go. To Empire Number Six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I also read Power Rangers. You guys also read Power Rangers. Oh we yeah, did. we did. Uh, we did. There'll be there'll be a book club video up real soon. Uh, there was a lot of Fall Guys. There was a lot of Dead by Daylight. Brandon and Moya. I, Brandon and I watched another episode of God of High School. Yes. Yeah. What'd you think? I I really like that show. The animation's I really, incredible. I really like that show. Um, I really, yeah, I really really like that show. Yeah. Um, the show just knows what it's doing with its animation and with its uh, like the. the beyond the show but like the the character creation is you get into it very quickly Mm -hmm. uh this is not a slow like this is not a slow burn show like you are in the action from the get and it doesn't really slow down at least not yet um the animation the anime i'm watching the animation i'm like i want all anime to look like this (laughs) yeah expensive yeah it's true though like uh, this is this is the quality like you want especially from one that's like fighting anime yeah you want fighting anime to look this good mm-hmm. um uh, i watch impractical jokers uh a lot that's that's like my comedy go-to right now fill in uh thanks hbo max for having something i can i can regularly count on you're welcome um i read three jokers i did just kind of want to talk about it for a second but i won't say much because ben hasn't read it but i will just say that like i like a specific part of it around a certain character probably because that character hasn't been done very well up to this point but i like a lot of the emotional beats behind that character uh i just brandon and i talked about this a lot while we were doing fall guys and uh and i just it feels like the whole thing is not going to have the weight it deserves uh and for that to be the case it kind of feels in a sense like it's it's pointless i also it's too late that's what i said it's too late it's also, man, I'm going to say something. Just try to read into it because I'm not going to spoil it for Ben. It seems like even the point of the name of the book is pointless inside this book itself. Like with what the premise is. Sure. Why is it even called Three Jokers? I don't get that because immediately that's also, also playing Arkham Knight. Boy, the similarities between that and this book are 
hilarious. Yeah, I was thinking. Holy about it. shit, you guys. Um, two specific plot points. One about Red Hood's in the books. Well, it's about Red Hood, and it's specifically about what Joker's doing. They are. I doubt Jeff Johns played Arkham Knight, or if he did, he didn't incorporate the plot. But the plots are very similar about what Joker and Red Hood are doing. And I'm like, oh wow! I don't. Even, this doesn't even feel original. Oh, it's oh. Ryan. I want Dark to Ryan. I want to uh, shoot your mind back to before Arkham Knight came out when Jeff Johns did an interview saying that he worked closely with Rocksteady to create the Arkham Knight as a character. Are you serious? Is that yeah. a joke? Nope. Oh. No. Um, no, no, no. I, I, uh, you did that? The art is astounding. The art is astounding. Like, yes. for real. I'm going to keep I, buying this book because Jason Faybuck is a god. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, at worst comes to worst, like, you like owning the book because the art's so good and it almost doesn't matter. Um, there's some, there is good stuff in it. And I'm not even knocking, like, the whole story or anything. I just, uh, Brandon and I talk about the concept. Okay. So, like, there is a concept I think they are teasing. Uh, and the more I think about it, the more you mentioning Arkham Knight and also thinking back to, the Batman who laughs that I think this actually is the case about how the Joker is created. And if that is the premise of the Joker, I don't know that I'm here for it. I don't know that I want that to be DC universe canon. I don't mm -hmm. know. That's a good idea. I don't know that it enriches the character histories. It might even retroactively ruin it. Um, we'll have to wait to see, which is unfortunate because it feels like it feels in some ways like this book has to affect those histories because it is calling upon them so heavily. Yeah. Anyway, putting aside three jokers cuz we're not going to we're not going to do that right now. Uh, I started watching Smash, which is a 8 or 9 years old musical show that was on NBC about Marilyn Monroe because because Megan wants to. Um, and it's it's good. Uh, I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm I'm enjoying watching it. It's not a bad show at all. Um, I I is the guy who plays Ted Mosby on that show? I, I cannot remember the, his name for the life of me. No, no that's the no. other one. Okay. He is not on that show. Uh, right. The guy who played Norrington in Pirates of the Caribbean is. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> um, Smash is is good. I am. Uh, I, I find myself just frustrated because one of the leads, they like, they don't do anything to make you like her. It's, but they want you to root for her, but they, but everything they do with her makes her unlikable. And I'm like, this is, is she star girl? No, uh, but this is, this is very hard. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a show. It's, it's good. If you like musical stuff, it's good. Um, Lovecraft country. We watched, uh, the season finale that Brandon <laughs> alluded to. Um, it was super good. Uh, you can check us out talk, talking about that at fake nerds watch. Uh, fantastic show. And real quickly, real quickly, it's not actually the season finale. I had a feeling. No, it is. It is. No. <laughs> just felt like it. it Don't freaking say Ben Gobel's right on top of your ceiling again. Ben, is I Gogurt written on top of your ceiling? I said gullible. Now I'm gonna buy Gogurt and just tape it. To yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be gullible written in Gogurt. Oh no. Um. Anyway. Uh, the other thing I did uh, prominently was watch um, because school started for me, so I didn't have as much free time. Like I, I did a lot of reading, but it was reading for school. Um, I uh, watched the first two Bill and Ted's before I watched the third Bill and Ted. I also was there for that. Yeah, we watched Bill and Ted this week. Those if are I good. Must, if I may say, excellent. Those movies are uh, very charming. Damn, I'm the only one who did it. Sorry. <sighs> I'm not going to do it. 
You'll never get me to do it. I, I just needed one other person to do it with me. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed Bill and Ted. I I've seen the ending of the first one. Probably some. I feel like I by the time we were done watching it, I'm like I feel like I've seen most of Bill and Ted, but it certainly wasn't in one sitting. And then uh, I've seen little pieces of the second one. I knew some things, but overall, hadn't seen it. Station. Station. Um, Station. Two, two is wild. Station is the thing that shows up in Bill and Ted 2, and I'm like, man, this movie just went for it. Yeah. Also, also, Bill and Ted 2, not the movie I thought would make me go, damn, you know, I mean, like, I think this a lot, but Bill and Ted 2 really made me go, shit, practical effects are cool. Why the hell? Bill and Ted 2 has so many practical Dude, effects. Like the I freaking love the, the practical effects of the two good robot us's. The first time you see them, they're just like, and they yeah, rip they off their faces, their faces, and they're just like robots, and then they reverse pull them back it. on. Yeah. Uh, that was like, oh, they're gonna do that kind of stuff. Uh, and then yeah, Station is a a little two alien thing and becomes a a big man. And like, its whole back is a butt. The whole back's a butt, big butt, and even looks back like we touch you. Yeah, I, I I really liked two, and death is so good. Yeah, yeah, William Sadler. Especially when he's like, you were so. He's like, best two out of three. They're playing electronic football. Best uh, five out of best four out of seven, and they just keep beating him, and beating him. And he's like, right. you were talking no, about no, the, the, the best part is that they they kind of get the pattern, and Bill's like, best out of seven. He's like, you're damn right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. is a good old time. No, yeah. funny enough, Bill and Ted Two was the first was the first one I ever watched. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Bill and Ted Hilarious. 2 when I was on vacation. Oh, my parents rented a cabin for a weekend up in Big Bear, so we went up there, and it was on TV. My dad's like, hey, let's watch this. We watched it. I thought it was funny, and then later on, we come back home, and there's Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure. We buy it on DVD, and that be- eventually became my favorite. Mag, yes. I- Mag says, I'm bummed, I'm bummed they cut scenes of Bunny and Granny on Earth. What's that? Bunny and Granny from Hell uh, in, in 2. Oh. The Easter Bunny and the and the grandma, grandma. Oh, oh, right. Who are in the hellscape? That was the thing. It was like you brought that up, and I was like, "No, you're right. It wasn't Station. It was the bunny. It was when the bunny showed up that I was like, this movie's just gonna be wild.' <laughs> yeah, their depiction of hell is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just love it when they meet. They finally meet together. And it's like, Bill, I think this is a home personal version of hell. I think you're right, Dad. I I wish there had been. Well, we'll get to it. Um. Anyway, that's my week. All right, uh, let's do our news then. Yep. Uh, Strap in, it's going to be a long episode, sorry. Um, and here's your bread. And your butter. Here's your bread butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. We have some sad news to report before we get started. Joe Ruby, who is the co-creator of Scooby-Doo and Dynamut, among other Hanna-Barbera creations, passed away this week at the age of 87. Yep. Tragic. Yeah. Long life, uh, everlasting legacy on the character. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, like, you know, good, good on him. Uh, Dynamo was just in a movie. Yeah. He was like my favorite part of that movie. about. It's called Scooby-Doo, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Uh, also this week, Leslie Hamilton Freyes, who is Linda Hamilton's twin sister, uh, also her stunt double for Terminator 2. Yeah, she did all those sick-ass stunts, man. Uh, passed away this week at the age of 63. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then 
I cannot believe I have to utter this these words. But Chadwick Boseman died this week at the age of 43 due to colon cancer. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the craziest thing is that uh, he hid it from everybody, including yeah. everyone he worked with. Like Ryan Coogler uh, just released a, a huge statement that's really, really beautiful. Yeah, um, it was a good one. He didn't, he didn't know about it either. And like... Uh, he kept it very private. He yeah. preferred it that way. Um, the, the, man, the people who fight the hardest are usually the ones you don't even know about. Um, mm -hmm. And like, like, I don't know how any, anything we could say that like, that hasn't already been said, man. But like that dude, that dude made all of those Marvel movies, all of those biopics while going through the toughest part of his life. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, if that's not a hero, I, I don't know what is like. I, I saw it. I was at work. I was on my break and uh, I was scrolling through Twitter and then someone mentioned that. And there's that, uh, a newspaper article and my brain, I couldn't comprehend it at first. I thought, no, this can't be real. I go check Google. I'm like, okay, this has to be fake. This has to be fake. Someone has to be pulling someone else's leg. And then Variety, Newsweek, CNN, pretty much everyone was like, if you've entered Chadwick Boseman on, uh, on Google, everything was about how he died, about how he died that day. And here's the thing that really, I mean, for personally for me, that sucks. Um, I think the first film I saw Chadwick in was 42, where he played Jackie Robinson of the Brooklyn Dodgers. And the day he died was Jackie, the MLB made it Jackie Robinson Day. Because normally that day is in April when Jackie. As well day, as, as well as Jack Kirby's birthday. And yeah, Jack Kirby's birthday. But uh, for those of you who don't know baseball, Jackie Robinson Day is um, a day in April. It's the day when Jackie Robinson first took the field as a Brooklyn Dodger. So all of them will be celebrates it. Every person wears the number 42. It's this whole big thing. And he did a video wearing a number 42 hat. And then just hours later, we get the news. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I was crushed to be a lot of the nerves. There haven't been very many actors where I was like though my whole day, it wasn't ruined. I was just bummed. No, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, where, I mean, I think stronger than, I think I was pretty stronger than bummed, but yeah, the, yeah I think I was, yeah, I was definitely more bummed. The, the thing is in our lifetime, you know, people die, old celebrities die. Yeah. But it's the, the, the young ones who are struggling that like, hit you the hardest because like, Chadwick Boseman struggling for four years with mm -hmm. this Anton Yelchin similar. Yeah. yeah. Like when, yeah. when, when Stan Lee passed away, it was obviously sad, but it was like the dude was in his nineties. Didn't mean to make, to get him into a, a rant of comparing deaths. No, 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 no. I mean, it was still sad. It was still sad, but it was like, we all knew it was coming. Whereas Chadwick, it was yeah, his, his, uh, was ahead of him. His legacy has been cemented. Yeah. You know, he'll be forever remembered. But he it is a loss that will be felt for a very long time. I I plan eventually, the next Marvel films I'm going to watch are all films that he was in. I, I got a quote. Uh, the projects that I end up doing that I want to be involved in with anyway have always been projects that will be impactful, impactful for the most part to my people, to black people, to see black people in ways which they have never been seen before. That was his whole thing. That's yeah. uh, that's man, that's a dude. That's a real yeah. dude. Yeah, <clears throat> King. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, okay, I'll comment now. Um, uh, yeah, I uh, spent the night, a decent chunk of it, uh, after we found out he passed, going through a lot of Twitter stuff. Uh, most of it 
interviews, um, things he did or was talking about or stories about him that uh, people were recording. And uh, uh, one, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot going around there. You should look up, uh, you should find out the long history between him and Michael B. Jordan. Um, you should find out uh, the speech he gave uh, honoring Denzel Washington. That's worth watching. Um, you should uh, listen to the stories about him visiting kids. You should watch the video where he's talking about how important it was to him to do Black Panther for the two kids who were dying of cancer and weren't going to make it to see the movie. Um, and you should watch the, I can't believe I'm going to recommend a Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy. Thing, but you should watch the Jimmy Fallon episode where he had, uh, Chadwick behind a black Panther poster yeah. where they believe they're sending a video message to him talking about how important it was for them to see black Panther. And then Chadwick surprised that surprises them. Thank and you. it was about around there that I started like weeping really powerfully, um, which only has happened to me with a celebrity death once. And it was Robin Williams. Um, and that sucks uh, that uh, I, I don't get that connected and, and lose it that much, but it was really hard to watch a lot of that stuff uh, with Chadwick. And it's, um, it's really cool to know uh, all the things that he's meant to a lot of people. Um, it's a shame he's gone. Uh, I know we're all going to be really sad to not see him uh, in anything anymore. Um, I think, I think mm -hmm. all his filmography to some extent is worth going back and revisiting because um, you're not going to get anything else with him uh, really. Um, but and uh yeah, I, I uh, <clears throat> that that's that's a really hard one. That's a really hard one as as a fan of Black Panther. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a really hard one as a fan of a lot of the works that Chadwick was doing. It's a it's a hard one as a person who just admires the icon that he became to so many people. Yeah. It, it I think that's a that's a good button to hand that on, Sparks. Thank you. Um, okay, well, I guess we should move on to some, you know, it's kind of, kind we do have this tragic cloud over our podcast now, but, you know, we, as always, we'll carry on to some adult animated comedy. I'm a fan of those. Uh, I should have put, put this way, way later in the episode. This is a weird transition. I mean, we, we do it every week. Like, yeah. This one just All feels right. different. Yeah. I understand, but yeah. like, yeah. All right. Well, we're here. Uh, CBS All Access has ordered the Multivorce. I did not pronounce that wrong. Um, from Kirker Butler, the producer on Family, one of the producers on Family Guy, and Scott Mosier, uh, the director of Dr. Seuss's uh, The Grinch. Uh, Scott Mosier is Kevin Smith's longtime producer pal. Uh, he's produced all his movies. Also, he has a podcast with him. So there you go. Yes. Um, this is a, a half-hour comedy that will follow the Gundersons, a seemingly normal American family dealing with the challenges of divorce. However, instead of splitting time between their father's bachelor pad and mom's suburban home, they spend their weekends with their warrior queen mother in the dangerous realm of the multivorce. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like, a, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, your parents are divorced. You got to spend time with the warrior one. That sounds all right. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I don't know about Family Guy, but yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and then uh, the animation looks better than that. Hoops 
or the other same style that seems to be coming that's western single... western sitcom animation which I'm getting, I'm getting over real quick yeah I agree. yeah uh There's unfortunately no star trek lower decks is in that animation style at least the quality is there. Uh, i i gotta tell you uh just from what i've seen of star trek lower decks it is there there is a slight difference between what I'm talking about, uh, which I find more lazy, and what Lower Decks and uh, a very similarly animated show to Lower Decks Final Space mm-hmm. are doing with their animation, which I find far more creative. Um, part of it is that they tend to work in a 3D space more than the other shows do. Sure. <clears throat> good point. That's good point. Ben, what were you going to say? No, I was going to... Uh, I was going to say something about Star Trek. Oh, I remember, because... Um, I saw a thing for Hoops on Netflix, and then I was like, no. Then later on that day, I saw the thing for Star Trek. I'm like, Star Trek looks so much better than Hoops. Lower Decks looks just so much better. You know what Hoops reminds me of? Hoops Hoops reminds Hoops reminds me of, um, Christ, H. John Benjamin did it. It was gym teacher. Home Movies. Oh, Home Movies from, yeah, Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, that's a cut. Home Movies was good. Home Movies is awesome. That's a cut. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Wait, H. John Benjamin. The reason why H. John Benjamin's voice puts me to sleep is because of that, is because of that show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, all right. Ex- yeah, it was really hard watching Archer after going from home movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And then X Files is getting a new spinoff in X Files Albuquerque, which is a adult animated series. Oh, no. Um, which is going to be created by the X-Files creator himself, Chris Carter. Oh, okay. Uh, this is going to go to Fox. Um, we'll center on an office full of misfit agents who investigate X-Files cases too wacky, ridiculous, or downright dopey for Mulder and Scully to bother with. They're essentially the X-Files B-team. So it's lower decks. So it's X-Files yeah. lower decks. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay, who wants to put 20 bucks down on when then an episode is going to involve an Eno probe? I'm saying first or second episode. I'll give him three. Um, see, the problem is, like, X-Files rules, and Chris Carter rules, but, like, I don't... Oh, I don't know. See, <laughs> I was also against Lower Decks. Like, not against it, but, like, when you initially hear it, you're like, okay. But it turns out really good, so, like, I... Uh, maybe. Chris Carter, yeah. don't do this to yourself. A- anything can be good, but I'd, I'd argue that there's less room in X-Files for this kind of uh, show than there is in Star Trek. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Star Trek's... Yeah, Max says B-Team, low gunman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I should. This is where I should have started. Everything old is new again because Powerpuff Girls is coming back again. Oh, I thought that so was a rumor. I this thought is that so was a rumor. Is that true? This is true. I, I love it. I it's so this. I don't need this. We don't. No. Ben. No. Ben. 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 We want the Lego movie's awesome. Never say anything could be bad. Ben, let me tell you what it is because you know you just. You just we lost you for a second. <laughs> Uh, CW is developing a new live-action Powerpuff Girls series, which sees the Powerpuff Girls as disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having the, having lost their childhood to crime-fighting. Mm. Will they agree to reunite now that the world needs them more than ever? Okay, that uh, no, it doesn't sound too bad. It's only the CW. It's only the CW that I have a problem with. I am a hundred percent. I am a million percent down from this premise. This sounds like a dope ass like indie comic, 
the like, what do you do with your teenager when your Powerpuff Girls grow up? That sounds awesome, but it's the CW, so I don't expect much. Exactly. Because it's a CW. Because it's a CW, I have a very, very bad feeling they're going to put in some like some forced relationships, some forced BS, some forced high school drama that they don't need. The disillusion stuff? Yes. Keep that. Wait, wait, hold on. Real quickly. They're 20-something, so they're not in high school. Oh, Whatever. It's the CW. You know they're going to throw some bullshit like that in there. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. College bullshit. Go ahead. Uh, this is coming from writer uh, from writer and executive producer uh, Heather Rayner, who was the in charge of the uh, Veronica Mars revival and iZombie for the CW. Yep. That's a good show. Okay. Okay. I heard iZombie. Um, and Diablo Cody, who is the director of Juno and Jennifer's Body. No, oh, she only wrote Juno. She only wrote Juno and Jennifer's Body. Yes. But she's an g- excellent writer. She really okay. has that that teenage oomph. She's got that and, oomph. And uh, obviously Berlanti is involved. Obviously. Yeah. I say teenage, sorry, young person, because I know they're not they're not teenagers. They're young people. She's got a great voice for young people. Yeah, um, I'm kind of I'm kinda of into this premise. Uh okay. CWI. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's WB. That's why. But you know what? Uh, it, it, if it was like Netflix, HBO Max even. What's would it be HBO Max? Is, I, that, is that the? Is I, that yes, the, yes, I agree with you. If it was HBO Max, I would already feel differently. Yeah, I, agree. I would feel more optimistic about it. But because it's CW, uh, here's the thing: like, if they're going for for the Archie kind of approach, like Riverdale, uh, yeah, the Riverdale approach, I'm already out. Same. Uh, like, if they're going for a full season, that kind of vein, that audience they're going for, I'm out. If you're going for a more Black Lightning approach, let's do a short season and commit to quality and make our, our characters important. I'm in. Mm-hmm. But Black Lightning is kind of the black sheet. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I, I really I I evolute again, character evolution is something I'm super all about. So like, what do you do? It's basically they're the X-Men. They're a bunch of teenage a bunch of teenagers, they're a bunch of children who had to save the world. So what happens when they grow up? They're gonna I, get they're gonna have some trauma. That's awesome. I will say um that there's something that I, I know that the CW likes to push for, which is diversity, um, that Powerpuff Girls works fine when it's animated, but when you turn it into live action, that's a very white cast. Oh, they're going to turn, they're gonna definitely going to uh, uh, cast someone of not white color and piss everyone off about a cartoon, mm-hmm. um, which again will be I, great for the show. But... I can see them, I can see them uh, also casting, obviously her or him. 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 him uh, oh, is... Those villains are so good. Uh, it's meant to be trans. Yeah. Yes. Oh, can't wait to see um, Mojo Jojo. Oh God, a Mojo. I, I think this, is, man, we I got think this is part of my part of my thing is that it's hard for me to believe that they're going to do a lot of those classic villains. I feel like a lot of those classic villains will have gone away, and they'll be focusing on uh, on creating new villains. Man, you mean I, I won't get to see the Amoeba Boys? I don't know, man. The Rowdy Rough Boys. Oh. Yeah. The Rowdy man. <laughs> the Rowdy Rough Boys need to be in this. Oh, I love them. They're so gross. You know, if the Rowdy Rough Boys are the main foil to the Powerpuff Girls um, or in this in this show, I, I'm that'll I'm be the whole it. second season, probably. Because yeah. I'm trying to think. Because I know CW, right. you Look, don't have a big enough budget. How are they gonna do Mojo Jojo or him? Okay, him. You exactly. Know, the the Rowdy Rough Boys would be like the most sexist assholes yes. ever. Yeah. And that them do that. They could reinvent it. I don't know. Right. I was like nine. What do you expect? Okay, it's probably easier to do on the CW's budget, but having a talking chimpanzee with a giant brain. Like, there's like the seductress lady. She's like, oh, that lady. Oh, yeah. Sedusa. Sedusa. 
Also, uh, Mojo Jojo would be really easy for the CW. They've done episodes that have King Shark and Gorilla Grodd. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, But but what you're missing there is like Mojo Jojo is like a mainstay, and Gorilla Grodd and King Shark are used as like their their CGI budget goes heavily into like one or two episodes in the season, and that's it. Uh, so Mojo Jojo would not be a fixture of the show yeah. unless they make him. A but man. but that's my point is why it's almost better to leave him off of it if he can't be a fixture because Mojo Jojo is a fixture. So if he's not going to be ever present, then he just shouldn't be in. Who do you cast as the professor? You'd kill him. It's going to be uh, uh, the, the, the supernatural man we don't like. Jared Padalecki? Yeah, I'll be him. <laughs> No, he's got Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, shit, you're right. I keep forgetting. That classic. <laughs> Who do you cast as... Uh, wait, what's the, what's the secretary's name? The redhead? Is That's it- probably the only person you could cast in like like one for one from the show and have them be color and nobody freak out about it. Yeah. yeah. What? No, what's her name? Is that is it Miss Blossom or no? I don't remember. I don't remember. No, their right. teacher is Miss Blossom, isn't it? Is it? Miss Bellum, isn't it Miss Bellum? This meld, this meld, yeah, yeah, Miss Bellum. That's the one All I right. thought about. All right, guys. Remember, Guillermo del Toro has been working for years for a Haunted Mansion Don't movie. Do Don't do this. Remember? I Don't remember. Do yeah. Don't do it to Don't me. Well, that's not happening. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so shocked. Instead, Disney is going forward with a Haunted Mansion remake, reboot, new adaptation, I don't care, uh, from Katie Dippold. Dippold? Uh, who wrote The Heat, Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which is the Lady Time one, uh, mm-hmm. and others for Paul Fake. Peggy. I, I didn't see Peggy. The Heat. I, I heard The Heat wasn't great. Uh, Ghostbusters is fine. Um, so, like, okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I don't think this is a sign of what direction they could go because obviously we've seen comedy people write horror. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I think we could just, who knows what direction they're going to go in with this. I was hoping horror. Yeah. I mean, even if they did, like, even if it was Del Toro, it would be family-friendly horror. Yeah. Yeah. But it would still be Del Toro levels of scary, and he can make some pretty scary shit. PG uh, Crimson Peak. I think think it would be Del Toro's maximum levels of scary. I think he would have to tone it down. Yeah. Well, now you got Fox, Disney. Do it there. Still Del Toro. Um, Speaking of remakes... The Thing is getting another adaptation. We've talked about this before when they were re-releasing Frozen Hell, the book that The Thing from Another World and The Thing are based off of, uh, with new chapters. Now John Carpenter is apparently talking to Blumhouse about being attached to this new adaptation in some capacity. That's that's the news? He's he's talking to him? Yeah. There's no there's nothing else? Okay. So I put it on here. I put it on here because the internet flipped with with this news, as they do. So here's the pitch, okay? It's still in the same location. It's after the the original that John Carpenter did and the prequel, and it's Mary Elizabeth Winston and Kurt Russell, old man Kurt Russell. Jeez. And they get back together. And it, but a team has come to the same base, but this time they know, but they have to convince the other people who don't believe them. Man, that's gonna. So, do you? And then one of them is the thing. Okay, so do you age up Mary Elizabeth or you age down Kurt Russell? You do both. Stage <laughs> <laughs> guy on both of them. It looks horrible. God, they made a thing, uh, a PlayStation Two video game sequel game. Uh, it's not very good. Not good. Two. 
What? They made a Thing video game that's a sequel on the PS2. Oh my god, I do remember this. Yeah, uh, Kurt Russell, you play, I don't know if he's in it, but you play as as McCready, and it's just like, yeah, you fight the monsters. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Ryan, I don't know what happened, but I forgot what we were talking about for a hot <laughs> minute. Oh, yeah. Okay, it was, it was it's, it's because I really threw it out there with talking about Kurt Russell and Mary Elizabeth Winston coming together for a Have sequel. you seen the thing, Brandon? No, actually. It's my favorite horror movie. You should watch it. That would be I, that would I, be I'm like sure. that would be like a weird real version of if uh Bruce Campbell and Jane Levy had been allowed to get together for an Evil Dead movie. Oh yeah. That's also my dream. Funny. Yeah. They said it'll right. happen. Speaking of dreams coming true though. Resident Evil is getting a live action TV series from Netflix. It's not actually dreams come true. I don't know why I said that. Um it's somebody's dream. I'm from sure. It's, it is it is uh it is showrunner's showrunner andrew dab's dream surely Dab, uh who's uh, one of the writers probably the current showrunner of supernatural right now but he's going to be making the jump to netflix to do a resident evil series um oh brown uh bronwyn hughes who directed the who's directed many episodes of the walking dead is directing the first three episodes of the series that's okay. kind of cool all right all right i don't know what's about I know. All right. We'll span two different timelines. In the first timeline, 14-year-old sisters Jade and Billy Wesker are moved to New Raccoon City, a manufactured corporate town forced on them right as adolescence is in full swing. But the more time they spend there, the more they come to realize that the town is more than it seems, and their father may be concealing dark secrets, secrets that could destroy the world. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, the second timeline. Cut to, is what it says in the press release, cut to the second timeline. Well over a decade into the future, there are less Mm. than 15 million people left on Earth and more than 6 billion monsters, people and animals infected with the T-virus. Jade, now 30, struggles to survive in this world where the secrets from her past about her sister, about her father, and herself continue to haunt her. So, as someone who has the most Resident Evil experience, I find this both incredibly fascinating, but also utterly frustrating. Because I think the two-timeline thing is a really dope idea. And showing um, the kids of Wesker. Albert Wesker is the main bad guy for the entire franchise. Uh, He starts as a good guy, and he becomes the antagonist for the entire series. Like, the entire thing. Um, It's really cool that they're they're so... The thing is... we. Wesker's kids don't exist or don't matter, so it's weird that they're going this route. But I do like making Wesker the main the main force of the show because mm. you can really do some great dynamics of the character turning bad. Like, you see a person become evil. That's a cool aspect. It's the kid aspect that I'm just not sure about because no Resident Evil thing is about following a bunch of kids. Somebody said, this sounds like Stranger Things meets Resident Evil, and that's what I got, too. Uh, that kind of bugs me mean, out, but, but it sounds cool still. But I mean, like, it's not really about following a bunch of kids because you're you're following them like pre-apocalypse yeah as kids but then they're adults when you're watching them post-apocalypse so it's all like kids versus monsters well no and that's again it's like they call it new raccoon city so is this after a first wave of of, a zombie outbreak because it doesn't sound like it because i don't think you come back after six billion people are zombies i don't think you quickly come back from that so they're playing with the mythology in a way that's very interesting i just i don't I don't go to Resident Evil to follow kids, and I know they're not the main focus. So I just, I just don't really. You have to be a really good kid actor for me to like you. I don't really like kid actors very much. Um, 
they're just they're just annoying me. Um, so I'm just I I just don't want any of that because like bad bad regular actors are enough, but like bad kid actors destroy your destroy your product. Um, I just hope it has all the crazy cool monsters. It sounds like it'll have all like the crazy espionage because uh, if it's doing like a whole TV show, um, you gotta you gotta get the zombies somehow. So I'm 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 more interested than if it was like what the movies were doing. Uh, it's nicer sure. doing something, at least something different. Sure. All right. Speaking of things being canceled after two seasons, <laughs> remember, Alter Carbon was canceled uh, after its second season and the anime. So, yeah, um, I didn't finish season one of Alter Carbon, but that is, uh, I believe, Netflix's most expensive show right, as, as of now. I think whatever they're making next will probably be more expensive. But like mm-hmm. that was like their big. We're going hard into science fiction. Please watch it. And uh, I guess nobody did, <laughs> except for me, who watched two two episodes um, or whatever. Um, I'm excited for that anime still. I'll watch that anime. Yeah. Um, and then, and what this actually should be last. So we'll go the Kingsman, the Kingsman. Uh, you know, the prequel to the Kingsman has been moved from its September release date, which is coming up, um, to February 26th, 2021. Just bailed out of the year altogether. I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, yeah. I thought they, I thought yeah. they just go for the same audience at this point that New Mutants is and do VOD a few weeks later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it really wants wants that money. <clears throat> or it probably or probably is one of the few Fox things that Disney's like, hey, this is a this isn't bad. Yeah, let's we try should keep to, this one. We should try to put it in theaters. Yeah, like Death on the Nile. Mm. Let's talk about it later. Um, and Star Trek Discovery. Uh, season one will begin to air on CBS at ten o'clock. Cool. Ten o'clock at night? What? Yeah, well, that's late. It's pretty dark for, for families. Doesn't matter if you have a DVR. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, you want to watch Star Trek? You want to watch Star Trek Discovery? Don't want to get that CBS all access? There you go. There you have go. access to cable. Otherwise, here SOL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They will. It will. So it's airing three weeks before season three airs on CBS All Access, and they'll play the entire season one, season two, all the way through. Which is what they should have done in the first place, anyway. So, so what they're doing is, hey, we're going to give you seasons one and two for free, so you better pay us for season three. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they're cool. just trying to get more subscribers. That makes. I mean, that that's that is a good way to do something, I guess. They aired the first episode uh, on CBS and was like, "Hey, want this next part? It's up on CBS All Access right now." That's why I watched. Picard, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lower Decks, by the way, is on YouTube. The first episode. I truly, I truly don't know how something like CBS like justifies expenses of their shows that they're making on all access because most television shows are made with the intent of reaching syndication, but that's mm-hmm. a cable network thing that doesn't apply on streaming services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that how they're. I don't. I, it's just a. Like, I wonder strategy. how that works. Their business strategy. I wondered yeah. how that works with a lot of streaming services, but I really wonder how it works when you're a network show doing a streaming service. Yeah. Or sorry, a network company doing yeah. a streaming service. All right. Raya and the Last Dragon, the next Disney animated film, princess film. Um, next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, has recast the role of Cassie Steele, uh, who is playing Raya. Raya. Raya, uh, with Kelly Marie Tran from Star Wars The Last Jedi. So she will now portray uh, uh, Raya. Don Hall, 
who is the director on Moana and Big Hero 6, and Carlos Lopez Estrada, the director of Blindspotting, uh, have been announced as now directors. The original directors, Paul Briggs and Dean Wellens, are now listed as co-directors. Oh. Playwright screenwriter Kui Nguyen, or Win from She Kills Monsters and Viet Gone, which are uh, plays, and uh, she's also written screen uh, screenplays. Um, she has been added as screenwriter with Adele Lim from Crazy Rich Asians, uh, still using her original script. Wow, this movie sounds like it's in bad shape, huh? That would be my guess. Did you get new new cast, a new writer, a new director? This movie's terrible, right? <clears throat> is that what the problem is? This movie's terrible, and they're like, we got to redo it. Is this a solo situation? <laughs> like what? It's so late. That's it's what so I mean. Like, in the production of this. Animated movies are so different than live action. You can, well, we shoot something. Let's get back on the set. Uh, you got to make that shit. Like, yeah. well, man, wonder what's going on with that movie. Wow. Sparks, you're the Disney animated expert here. Um, what would you I, say? I, I have no reason to think at this moment that these are signs of like, oh, the movie was in trouble. I, if I were to venture a guess... Um, I think that some of these decisions were probably made a while ago and we're just hearing about them right now. Um, I, I think that these were probably Detroit like thoughts that were in the works after the D23 reveal last year um, because that movie was supposed to originally come out this year, mm -hmm. uh, Ray and the Last Dragon. So um, I don't think that like they pushed back the date and then decided, you know what, let's rework the movie. I think they were probably talking about this a while ago. Um, I think that Kelly Marie Tran is that's an awesome thing because I like her. Um, it's it seems like that would probably be inspired a lot by like uh, the animation representation choices that have been happening recently. Um, but as far as like the the directors and the writers, um, I don't think I I just will say that I don't think it's a sign that that movie's in trouble because based on just like the the D twenty three conversation and when I was there uh, at the studios, I I saw Paul Briggs and Paul Briggs was talking about. We didn't know he was talking about Rhea, but he was talking about Rhea. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I, I don't have a lot of reason right now to think that the, it was in a it going to be in bad shape. Um, I don't think it's as bad as it sounds. Is what I'm, I'm just that. So you get a new writer, you get a new director, and you get a new cast member, but your movie is completely fine? I, I'm saying that I think these are things that were probably being worked out already a while ago midway not the kelly marine tran part but this is when we're finding out about new directors and writer and sure. i don't think it means that the film was in trouble i think these were people who came in part way into the game anyway okay. uh again because just the way you're right because the way animation films work they're not redoing the whole movie so it can't be in that bad of a shape when that happens you scrap it um because i mean you can rewrite it's, scenes it's still, you can do a couple new scenes like you you can right yeah. exactly but that but they're not changing like the entire film yeah. uh with it still coming out next year so i would watch say the uh that happened a while i would recommend watching the um, uh frozen 2 into the unknown making of docuseries um because it it does talk about like it, it kind of exposes disney a little bit and like how late in the game a movie can change before it's finalized uh, so very interesting to watch. So this is getting a Frozen Two situation, then, huh? Right. That's that's kind of was my first thought, but it is it is a little concerning. All right. I don't know where this should go, so I put it here. Um, Davy Holmes, the uh, uh, 
writer and creator of the Get Shorty TV series for Epics. Uh, Ray Romano and Chris O'Dowd. Is, devel is developing High Fire for Amazon Prime based on the Eoin Golfers. Did I pronounce that right? I don't know. <laughs> the writer of Artemis Fowl. It's one of his novels. Oh, let me... I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to look. The reason why this is on here is because Nicolas Cage has been cast as the Dragon High Fire. Yoin. Yoin Colfer. Yoin Colfer. Nick's a dragon? Hell yeah. Nicolas Cage will be will be will star in the series for Amazon Prime as High Fire, described as a vodka drinking, flash dance loving dragon who lives an isolated existence in the bayous of Louisiana. Hmm. Oh, so he's something. Yeah. Kill the yeah, Killer Croc. Um, um, is is this live? Sorry, live action or animated? It's live action. This is a weird movie. <laughs> Show. I, I'm, oh, wow, I'm into it. Is yeah. it on Amazon? What is it on? Amazon, Amazon Prime. Wow, got money. All right. 20, uh, Mag says, Mag says, twenty four question mark. Who did twenty four? Twenty four? Anybody? Jack Bauer. Oh, I don't uh, know. Mag, what are you talking about? Uh, so yeah, so um, the Dragon. so I'll just, I'll read the description of what the series is about. Um, in the series, dragons once ruled the earth, and Lord Highfire ruled his dragons from his eyrie. Yeah, but this is not once upon a time. This is now, and now all Lord Highfire rules is his shack in Louisiana's Honey Island Swamp. Highfire has become plain old Vern, and by day he hides out among the alligators. Watches cable TV and drinks absin and drinks absin amounts obscene amounts of vodka <laughs> past the time. Uh, it isn't much of a life, but he's alive to live it. And Vern is prepared to do whatever it takes, even if it's violent, to preserve his own hide. When Vern's world collides with a human team teen named Squib, uh -huh. who becomes mixed up in some trouble while running booze for the local mob. Their mutual struggle for survival becomes entangled in the most unlikely of friendships. So it's modern day Dragonheart. Pretty much. Cool. Gawain. Wait, what's the guy's what was his name? What's what's the Bowen. Bowen. <laughs> Dragons, you know, King Arthur, whatever. A uh, knight is sworn to valor. <laughs> God, what a movie. Um, hey man, Nick Cage is cool. I'll watch him be a dragon. That's fine. Yeah. I hope he does the mocap like Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh my god, yeah. I want to see the That would be cool. All right. Gamescom. Gamescom! We're here. We've got a lot to talk about. So uh, many trailers. Thank you for putting this together, Ryan. Also Sparks. And Sparks. Completely out of my element here. So I'll yep. just read the list and you guys take over. So just real quick. Um... Uh, if you don't know, guys, Gamescom is the biggest convention in the world. It's bigger than Comic-Con. It gets like 200,000 people in Cologne, Germany. Um, it is it is, it is, is E3 times 1,000. That's why we have like a billion trailers to talk about. Uh, right. Some of them are old. Some of them are new. But Gamescom is the it's the international E3. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't normally see everything that comes out at Gamescom. Isn't uh, that true? What do you mean? Like, uh, usually, like, there's a chunk of things that happen at normal conventional Gamescom when it happens that uh, are kept to that to the short floor like they're not things that are put out oh yeah uh, yeah uh, uh like e3 yeah it's gamescom, not like e3 gamescom is yeah is a much it's a like a, a very 
it is very open door, but it's also very behind the scenes where like developers get to talk to like creators and stuff and like hash out business deals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of industry stuff in there. And so, so some things usually don't make it to the internet. I think it has much of a burst as this did. Yes. Uh, yeah, but we got a lot to talk about. All right. Well, Dragon Age 4 was announced. Yes. Has anyone played Dragon Age besides me? No. Yes. No. Good. Cool. Dragon Age is made by Bioware, the guys who make Mass Effect and uh, Knights of the Republic. It's a fantasy RPG. Uh, those games are all fun. Two is not very good. Uh, three is probably the best. I think the best thing about that series from my experience with it, and certainly what they're talking about with Dragon Age 4, is they're very committed to characterization. That's that's what Bioware has always been about. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this the one that Felicia Day did the uh, YouTube series on? I mean, she has her own show called The Guild. Is that what you mean? No, no, no. She did a, a tie into a video game where she was an elf thingy. Probably. With I'm knives. Not sure. I'm not sure. I've only played part of the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to say, yes, it's true. Yes, Dragon Age Redemption. Oh, okay. I've never, I've never seen that. But yeah, um, yeah, it's a fun uh, fantasy series with great characterizations and like romance choices, character creation stuff. Um, this one's been in development for a long time, so we're just waiting for more of it. All right. And then uh, Away, where you get to play as a sugar glider. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. So um, <laughs> this is uh, this is in the uh, in the future where nature has reclaimed the planet, and you play a sugar glider, <laughs> which I I just already think is pretty great. Um, but it gets a little interesting. So I was just watching it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this seems kind of like a a land man eater, and I can kind of be into that. A sugar glider is an interesting concept and all that. And then I got like five minutes into the gameplay video and there's this part where it's like, oh, well, there's a thing down in that stump, but we're too big to get there. I guess we'll have to use our special ability, possession. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Wait, what? And so you eat blue mushrooms and the sugar glider gets like blue sparkles along its fur right at the tips on its back. And then you can pick smaller animals or sometimes bigger animals to possess. And then you become a little beetle and go into the, and I'm like, all right, this game just got, and then it's like, you find out that there was like a research facility there where they were studying the animals. And I'm like, okay, I'm really interested in this game now. This is super bizarre. So anyway, I wanted to share that. That's it. Uh, Real quick. I, uh, when I lived in Texas in like the third grade, my friend had sugar gliders and I never saw them before. They're so cute. They, and they're like, like, oh, I love them. They're so great. Uh, all right. Sims 4 has announced a Star Wars Bot 2 expansion. Yep. This is, a, this is an interesting one that I did not expect. It's super strange. Yeah. Uh, this is the theme park at Disneyland. Oh, oh, no. No. It is not the theme park. I mean, it is the theme park. It's, it's but like, in the game, it's, like a it's literally going to Bot 2. Yeah. Like you're there. Uh, and now you can put like build Star Wars homes and things like that, and you interact with all the characters, including like theme park original characters. But it's That's but cool. it's like gonna look, it's gonna have the iconic locations of the theme park, but be a little more because it's supposed to be real. Bot, to, it's weird. They got it's- Jim Cummings to do. <laughs> yeah, the, the speaking simlish. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't played The Sims in a while, but like uh, they don't. The the last time they had a brand integration like this. I believe was the herbs Sims in the city, which is a black eyed peas themed Sims game where you hang out with the black eyed peas and shit. 
Um, so like I understand why it's been like 20 years since I've done this. Uh, this was a, just a weird one though. It just feels yeah. It's I mean it's really cool if you really like Star Wars, you can live a Star Wars life. Uh, it's it just, Star Wars Sims. Cool. I just wonder if it was like the Sims guys who're like maybe if we go to Star Wars they'll say yes, and then they did. We're like ah, like that's just like that sounds fun. Yeah. For Sims people. Alrighty. The next Dark Pictures anthology game, Little Hope, reveal the trailer uh, to release this Halloween. Yeah. Um, Dark Pictures anthology games. Uh, the previous one was Man and Madon, and this is from the team that did Until Dawn. Hell yeah. And they're coming back for another. I, I'm already more interested in this one than I was in Man and Madon. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want to play this one. I still want to play Man and Madon, but this one, I'm intrigued in this story already. Uh, so this looks dope. Um, if you don't, if if you guys haven't played any, if you haven't played Man of Dawn or or seen Until Dawn, they are very much like Telltale Telltale games, but way more like uh, not realistic, but um, it's like more fleshed out. Yeah, like they're like they're they're full ass like 12, 15 hour games. At least Until Dawn was, but it's all about like picking and like choosing. Oh, if this person dies, or this person does this. Um, but it all looks really good. All well voice acted, like all famous actors, like Rami Malek and Hayden Panettiere are in Until Dawn. And you um, have the ability to like play through choices of the story for characters with your friends and yeah. things like that, both online and in person. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Doom so Eter- then spooky time. Doom Eternal Ancient Gods Part One was announced. Ben, did you beat Doom Eternal yet? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I saw part of the trailer, but I I didn't think we all needed to watch it. Um, yeah, I haven't I just, haven't played it yet. But. Yeah, I haven't played played through Doom Eternal yet, but it looks cool. I'm glad that they're doing this. Expansion. More more single player content is always nice. <clears throat> yes, it is. World of Warcraft Shadowlands expansion was announced with the trailer. Yeah. So World of Warcraft is approaching 16 years of being online. Uh, that's impressive. I played World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft many many years in my teenage youth mm-hmm. and. I stopped playing at the second expansion. Now they're up to their like fifth or sixth expansion. Like that, and the game still has millions and millions of people. I think I dropped off at four. Yeah, like, truly dropped yeah. off at four. Um, was that cat? Was that Cataclysm when you dropped off? Oh, uh, I went. I went one past Cataclysm. Oh, whatever that was. I don't even remember. I went one past. You paid more than me than I did. Um, but they also, so like this is a new expansion, and like it looks like they're going to like you know like the the equivalent of like uh, uh, the afterlife or whatever, which is a cool aspect. Um, but I don't know if you have it in the news, but they also announced like an animated series. Yes, it's right after. Cool. Uh, I'll just talk about it now because I don't know much about Shadowlands because I don't play it. They're they are making an animated uh, short called Afterlives Bastion. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll be honest. Blizzard makes the best cutscenes maybe in all of like video games. Like their CG stuff is really great. So it's super interesting that they're taking this very 2D, like almost like motion comic approach. It looks cool, but like I know Blizzard's got money. So wait, yeah, I know I got money. So wait, question. You said they are creating a short. Was that not the short? It's six minutes long and it's a story. That might be the first part of it. Yeah. But it's like it's gonna be like a series of shorts. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, I understand what you mean, Brandon. Because like that no. seems like Blizzard's also very famous for making like five, six minute long uh, cinematic trailers for their stuff. Like, I still so why didn't they do? Why didn't they do it for this? Did they I, have it for I thought they did. I'll call. I'll ask my Blizzard representative. We have to. We have someone. We, we have, could ask. That's, a, that's funny. We do. <laughs> we have. We know someone who works at Blizzard. We could yeah. ask. All right. Um, okay. Unknown nine. Yeah. Awakening. Yeah, uh, this was, it's just a little cinematic trailer. Um, I, I'm only, like, super interested in it because of the setting, specifically. 
which is, uh, you know, not a white male lead. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, but more than anything, I'm super curious about the fact that what they said about it is oh, that boy. it is going to be billed as a story world that will encompass books, comics, podcasts, and games all set within a universe based on the real world, but built around historical mythology and conspiracy theories and filled with shadow organizations trying to uncover or protect dangerous knowledge. So what? Again, like the trailer shows like it's this little girl and she developed powers. So like, yeah, um, they're, they're so bold of saying we're going to have a multimedia experience with every type of, pro of a, a meeting you can imagine. I'm like, you guys are going really bold. I really hope you live up to it. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, Unknown Nine Awakening will be set around 100 years before most of the other Unknown Nine stories that are going to come oh, out. God. And it is designed as an initiatory experience. Oh. Ooh. I'm I know if it's a good game. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it just, they, they, they're, they're setting themselves up for failure. Yeah, uh, yeah because just um, on that ex explanation from Sparks alone, I'm already like, I have no idea what the frack is going on. I'm, I'm punching out. I'm done. <laughs> It's well, you'd, you'd have to watch the trailer, too. But it, the trailer features uh, a little girl uh, named Haruna who lives in Kolkata, India. And she's a street-smart survivor that struggled to stay alive for most of her childhood. And she discovers she has the ability to slow the perception of time and, and manipulate the energy of people's bodies. Okay. All right. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm intrigued by the boldness. Yeah, more yeah. Than anything. But like, But, like, conceptually... The, what they show, it's just a cinematic trailer, but what they show, I'm like, look, you got my attention. If the game's good, I'm there. Yeah. Find out next year. It's like that space one that we talked about a while back where Bro, the guy's space. just like, no, 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 where the guy's like floating up off the earth and the little girl's there. Oh, and he floats oh, it yeah, towards yeah. the debris in space. And we're just like, what is this game? Where are you? Yeah. That, was from the, that was from the Xbox conference, right? Yeah. Transient. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Transient because it's inspired by HP Lovecraft, which there's happens multiple, a lot in video games. There are multiple today. Yeah, but um, Transient looks really cool. Uh, I really like the design of it. It looks m unique uh, from other Lovecraft it's, it's games. Very, attempts, it's very, it's modern and it's very like scientific, which is always a fun. A fun yeah, approach. yeah, and so there you can see the Lovecraft influence, but it's not as um, direct yeah. as I think uh, a lot of other Lovecraft adaptations have been. Mm -hmm. um, I just really like the vibe of it. I like the look of it. This yeah. is the one with the white Martians? Yes. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually Lovecraftian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that one looked, looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We, we talked a little bit about Fall Guys. Fall Guys Season 2 had a trailer at this Gamescom. Yeah. How'd you yeah. like it? I really want some of those costumes. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I really want those. I want the wizard, the knight, and the dragon the most. More, more than anything, I, I'm glad that excuse me i'm glad that they have shown a willingness not only to cosmetically change uh their obstacle courses to match a season but also to create new new variations yeah, uh, yeah. new new kinds of levels rather than like uh you know uh, it, which my hope is that when season two happens we'll get into that stuff a lot but like when the game hits a, a lull point you'll get both you know 
Uh, or so whatever they create for this, the game, you'll get to cycle through at, at random. So this this game is doing what most, like, it does what Fortnite does in all these games where it has, like, a battle pass. Yeah, yeah. So, like, every, so they have multiple seasons. Like, Fortnite's in, like, a 10th season by now. But seasons happen every couple months, and they, it's what keeps kidding people in. Like, oh, here's a new map, here's new costumes, and then they cycle that in after a couple months to the people who missed it first time. Right, right. So it's always cycling new stuff for new people. That's what I love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if this game is the most downloaded PS Plus game of all time, uh, it's, it's, like, the most played game right now on twitch um i don't i fully expect it to be supported for many years yeah yeah but also like when we're um it's not just they're slapping a medieval skin on it they're making new obstacle courses for these for these uh things as well which yeah i'm okay for because when when myself uh sparks and brian were playing fall guys the other day we kept getting the damn seesaw course over so over and over again so I have to tell you, Ben, because that was your first experience. Like that, that the first time I played, I had really bad luck. And like every like track of three, I'm telling you, like every uh-huh. track of three rounds, when I would get up to three rounds, were the exact same rounds. Yeah. But the thing is that there is actually a lot of variety. It usually cycles through better than well, the experience I, you had. But yeah, I mean, I like the first time I actually played Fall Guys, like the first time I ever sat down and played it, I got uh, the Whirly Gig like four times out of, out of six. Sure. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like sometimes it's really random and sometimes it isn't, but I am glad that like we have a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, as they're going to build out the game. I think that's great. Yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, this is cool. Yeah. Kiwi. Ben, you like the post office. So, Kiwi. I've I've never uh, uh, wanted to work in a post office. No offense, uh, Benjamin. <clears throat> but man, this game looks cute as hell. It basically it reminded me of Overcooked. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a cooperative cooperative post office game where you play as a couple kiwis kiwis are they kiwis but like you have to like you have to manually type on a keyboard with like uh, each of the little things and you have to, like the keyboard is all spread out yeah um it just looks like a really fun cooperative experience uh, yeah. it's probably not going to be like really expensive it just looks like a fun little game yeah I agree no Jeez. fist <laughs> forge and shadow torch. Ben, this is a Metroidvania. This is why I put this on the list for you. Yeah, no, I'm actually really digging it because, uh, so, I mean, it's not done yet because when I was watching trailers, like, hey, one of the things I love about the, a lot of these GameCom trailers is that when they'll, they'll straight up say, it's like, this ain't done yet, so this isn't what's going to look like at the end, but here's something we're working on. I love when game developers do that because it doesn't mm-hmm. give me unrealistic expectations of a game, which a lot of companies are like, hey, here's this dope-ass trailer, and then the game comes out and it doesn't even look like that. So, yeah. like, appreciate when, when you're like, hey, we're still working on it. If it looks bad, it's because because it does. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, Fist looks really, really cool. I like how the rabbit has a, a robot arm as well as its regular bionic, as its organic arms. Um... Sober looks really dope. I like how you have to. It, it's like they said, it's a Metroidvania game, and I like those games. I like those games a lot, even though I don't play them as much as I should. But it, it looks fun. I like how you can change your weapons from a drill to a whip to the fist, and I'm like, yeah, this looks rad. I, I'm I can't wait for this to come out. This looks really yeah. fun. Fighting a bunch of uh, animal robots. This looks like a good old time. Yeah, and, and it's also like branching paths too, so you can like it's not just like. Go right, or then go to then jump down, then go to the left. It's like you can jump up to that spot there, and there could be a treasure. There could be secrets. I like the design look a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cinematic was funny when it was open and the bear with the goggles. Yes, and the bear's there. I love that too. Yeah. I was like, is this what's going on here? Is that bear? Right. And then we see the rabbit. I'm like, oh. Scarlet Nexus. Anime. 
Anime yeah. fight scenes, anime coolness. This game looks dope. This is a superhero alien invasion a- action RPG anime. Uh, and I'm just, I'm all about it. More, more in than other words, in other words, it's right up Ben's alley. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you point at Brandon when you said Ben? I'm Ben get? Magnet. I'm Ben Mac. Ben Magnet. Ben you Magnet. You're Ben. ben. Magnet. You do this. You don't I'm do this. Guys, guys, I'm Bang Magnet. What's up, Bang Magnet? Um, my favorite thing about Scarlet Nexus is definitely that the creatures, a lot of them look like weird Salvador Dali creations come to they life. Do. Like that uh, instead of thing with the uh, stuff hanging. I don't even know what it was. What they There's were. like, like, like potting plants yes. on top of them. Like they're, yeah. it's a very yeah. design. The thing I'm really excited about is the combat. It's a mix of swordplay and also psychokinesis, where you're just like throwing shit at people. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. the like you have like. You have like triggers mapped to your melee and triggers mapped to your like uh, throwing shit. So you're just doing shit all the time, almost like control. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm always down when you can just pick something up behind you and throw it at someone. It's always cool. Yeah. And also, it, the art style is great. It looks like a it's a beautiful 2D um, 2D esque anime game. The art the yeah. art the art what I saw was gorgeous. And mm-hmm. then we just got into crazy bombastic fights. I'm like, I'm I'm into this shit. Take my money. Give me that Scarlet Nexus now, please. I'll take it. All right. Little Nightmares 2. So. Holy shit, you guys. So Fanny watched this trailer with me, and the first thing out of her mouth, the second that trailer was over, was, so, honey, are Ryan and Sparks going to force you to play this on Halloween when it comes out? I'm like, I'm willing to bet money they are. Uh, This is a Switch exclusive, and this looks like one of the scariest games I've ever seen. I cannot believe this is a Nintendo exclusive video game that I have to play on my cool my cool Switch. Um, There's the one cool part Switch. where like the little dolls, the the doll has her head, and it's just like on a like snake thing chasing yes. them through the pillar area. And I'm yeah, like, that was some Beetlejuice shit right there. Yeah, it is. It is the Slender Man. Like, yeah. yeah, you you play as like these tiny dolls in a world of like of of dolls of like bigger dolls and like their heads can turn around and like there's like mannequin fingers that chase you that's the thing that got me and just like the little hand i'm like oh the thing uh i think this looks hella scary like really scary um like it affected me i'm like oh man trailers don't really do this for me um and again i'm just so happy nintendo was like nah we want this one Uh, i am mentally preparing myself for when this game comes out and when quarantine's finally lifted, so I could finally go back to do a play-based arcade with you guys again, mm-hmm. just sit down. Little Nightmares is in the Switch, and I'm just gonna sit there going, "We're, we're it's approaching. We we're talking about how we're we're gonna do that. Don't worry." Yeah, but yeah, Little Nightmares does look dope. I actually love one of the things I really liked about Little Nightmares personally was the fact that it was horrifying without the like you see you see the the doll hands. And you saw, and that, especially that one scene with that one where I assume a protagonist has the hammer, smashes the doll head, and I'm like, this is actually really cool, a good way to get away from like the rated and from mature, like the blood, the gore, and all that stuff. Because normally you see stuff like that, it's like bloody, it's gory, it's disgusting, but no, they're just doll pieces, and that actually is ten times more scary than just seeing a dismem. I mean, seeing a dismembered bar is scary, but seeing a dismembered doll hand and then it start moving on its own. I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. There's something about, there's something really unnatural about like things that aren't supposed to be moving, moving. Like, yeah, hello, exactly. there you go. Yeah, that's the thing. Mannequins. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that scene in I Am Legend where that mannequin was there and Will Smith is like, why are you here? 
Auton. No, Frank. Frank. No, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Frank. That was his name. Frank was an Auton. Doctor Who reference for you. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I know you do, baby. All right, Medal of Honor. Above and beyond. Yes, this might be. Uh, this is another VR game that's like, oh man, VR seems to be doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks like a sick. This looks like a good regular game. Uh, but it's also all in VR. So there's yeah. a there's a whole portion uh, when they were doing the Gamescom thing where they have them talking about like our goal when we did Medal of Honor was to make you feel like you're a part of this moment in history. And the dedication they have in trying to make this feel real, they show a lot of them like working very practically to create a lot of the effects to know what they would feel like if you were there, um, talking to veterans, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, this is this is some dedication that I can appreciate for sure. Yeah. Uh, Respawn made Titanfall. They work on Apex Legends. Um, this is like the next oh, thing, but it's only VR. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Last yeah, fall, last fall in... yeah uh, Jedi Fall. I almost said Last Jedi for some reason. Jedi last Jedi. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Enrico Palazzo says, I am out riding my bike in 90 degree heat with 90 degree humidity, 90% humidity, while Dale's in his climate controlled BMW. Why are you listening to us? I think so, Enrico. <laughs> Sorry about the heat. I understand. Cool. It's hot, it's hot up here. Get off your bike. He's got to get mean, somewhere. Where is he? He's riding his bike. It's a call, call of the sea. Yeah, so this is the other oh. HP Lovecraft, but I'm so excited for this because if you watch the the minute long trailer with the developer, this is not a regular Lovecraft thing where it's about horror oh, no. and being scary. It's the opposite of that. Instead of like, what was the quote? It's like, uh, it's it's not a descent into madness. It's an ascent into sanity. Yes, it's an ascent into sanity. Mm-hmm. So instead of like focusing on the horror stuff, it's also like it's mostly all the surreal stuff that HP Lovecraft does really well. Um, like you know, like stuff uh, like being off where it's not supposed to, or like rocks you climb up and shit like that. Um, this really cool environmental stuff. Yeah. So there are two Lovecraft games coming out around the same time that are very different, but both inspired by the same thing. And mm-hmm. I just think that's fantastic. Enrico Palazzo says. This is not a cookie cutter podcast. Us? Thank you. I appreciate we it. We are not. Right. I'll take it. Um, I like seven cookies. Mafia. Because we're six hours long. Definitive. <laughs> Mafia right. definitive. Uh, de- definitive. Definitive edition. Yes. So I played Mafia when it came out 16 years ago. I played that game when I was 12 years old. And that is a decent godfather-esque type game like you're a guy rising up the crime family um the story in that game is really dope but the gameplay was kind of mediocre so this this definitive edition seems to be amping up the the combat because they just released mafia 3 last year so it looks like they're kind of making the combat better and um redoing the story like with new cutscenes to make it a little bit better while keeping the core of the story uh i love a good mafia a really good mafia game um and the last one i played was probably mafia 2 like 10 years ago yeah i didn't play i never played mafia 3 unfortunately but um last mafia the last mo- the only mafia style game i ever played was the godfather game on ps2 that is ben that is so weird <laughs> one one there, because there is a story, okay. game. hold up there is a story a pretty long story of how have five long long story, i'm not going to tell you how but that's the last time i played a mafia style game this game looks pretty fun i want to look into it more okay yeah i was about to strap in <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, I'm not I'm not doing that to you guys this time. If you want to know, ask Sparks. me later. Sparks. Uh Brandon, you jumped over Chinatown. Did I? Yeah. Chinatown Detective Agency. You're right. 
Chinatown Detective Agency. This is a super cool looking like 2D um, text adventure detective game. Um, I just think that reminds me really cool. No, this reminds me a lot of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. Yes. uh, It's kind of like a, a evolved version uh oh, yeah. it's going to be based in having a lot of like real world clues mm-hmm. oh hold on I, yeah. took a, I took a picture of something that i really thought was dope hold on about that game what do you think brandon i stopped watching it in the care i'm sorry unlike most mystery driven adventure games chinatown detective agency asks you to be intuitive enough to know when to look for clues beyond the game you'll have to think like a detective and find the answers you seek through real world investigations maybe that means popping in the google to look up an airport code that amara needs to track down the orders to some quote or discover something in game i think that's radical that's something that like metal gear solid does that is i was gonna yeah. say it's like when yeah. metal, metal gear solid where you had to look on the case yes to uh, find the code. there's a radio thing in metal gear solid and you have to look at the back of the game case to get the code for the for the thing or else uh you just can't progress it eventually tells oh, you that's wow. really cool um i always like when games try to do a lot of times they don't do it well that's why metal gear does it and no one else does it so uh i'm really curious if this is able to do it in a fun way where it doesn't feel bad also like, i did the arc, also i did the arc style yeah. Like, it, it looks very simple. It, the game looks like a very, um, retro. I don't, don't want to say old, but it because the pixel art look, makes it look old, but the retro HUD looks, yeah, okay, I'll take that. It looks like an early 90s retro PC game, like where in the world's current San Diego, but cranked up. And I yeah. really, really kind of dig that because it's, it's not relying on the hardcore, it's not relying on the best graphics or anything. It's like, here's a story, here's what you need to do to, to figure this out. And I actually kind of dig that because back when I was in elementary school, I loved playing Carmen San Diego. When I was in the computer lab, that's the only game I would play. Big well, fan. actually, Pac-Man, but those are the only two games I would play. All right. Sendris. Which one yeah, is this I, one? Uh, this is the survival one. It's all black and white. You have, like, the guys. And it's got them sitting around the fire pit, and you've got the one health pack, and you have to decide which person who really needs it gets Ooh. it. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, I, just, I just really like the style of it a lot. I think it's going to be a nice little indie game. Yeah, I want to spotlight right. it. So, like this, it grabbed my attention. No, actually, the part where it grabbed my attention was where you have the one health pack. You have to pick and choose who gets it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, you're. This is really you got stakes. Mm-hmm. You have some hard, like at first he's like, oh, food for you, food for you, food for you. I'm like, I'm well, curious. Like, I'm like, oh my god, some of you guys might go hungry. And then as the trailer progressed different people were following you so i'm like oh shit this is like oregon trail but not i'm curious if it's going to be more like a journey where there's not so much actual like hardcore gameplay and it's more just like you have to like you're experiencing I, the survival of i suspect people. so i like, suspect mm-hmm. so yeah because you like you choose to trust or kill yeah like those guys and then you say kill and they're just like their blood on and the you probably just take their stuff uh whatever, yeah yeah and you take their stuff and i i, I think it's going to be based a lot on just like your choices and things and i mm-hmm. i just really like the look of it i, I think it's going to be really fun a lot of good indie yeah. games yeah this game's come 12 minutes boy guys this game has been in development for like five years ryan and i got excited about this a while ago uh probably a year ago <laughs> probably a year ago we saw this a trailer for this. yeah and this was on e3 trailers wasn't it yeah yes uh and it looked good but now we know with this trailer that it has a voice cast that is stellar uh which is james mcavoy and daisy ridley and willem dafoe yeah yeah uh, I was already excited. I'm so excited for this game. <laughs> so it, as, as, if you can't tell from the name or the trailer 12 minutes, you are living in the same loop 
uh, that's 12 minutes long that you have to figure out a way to escape. So you keep replaying the same moments over and over again until you figure out ways to get further and further and further, like in a Groundhog Day situation. Um, and there are so many, again, this game's been developing for years, guys. Like people have been waiting for this game for so long. So we've seen a lot of the stuff, but they've changed so much of it because it's been development so long. But like, it, the, it, some some loops can last like seven seconds and then some loops can last like t 11 minutes and you make it almost to the end and something bad happens. And you're like, was it something at the end that messed me up or was it something at the beginning and you don't know? And I'm like, that's that's cool game design, man. That's cool game design. That is. Yes. Seeing the trailer, I've seen the voice cast for this trailer and because I think I remember a little bit about 12 minutes from E3 last year, but rewatch this trailer I was like oh no this game it's got something special for it's, it it's stuck in an apartment yeah and, and like the, you'll probably yeah, only yeah. do a couple, hours, a couple hours all the different things that can happen like you see your I'm, I'm assuming the wife you see the wife on the floor blood everywhere you see the robber busting in you see the the guy alone freaking out at the door yeah. and you see all these different things happening whereas will Foe's amazing narration is in the background which is also scary as hell yeah and i'm like damn this is gonna be a great game I just think the presentation is also really good. Same. Oh, yeah. Like, like, then, like, it's like it's a story about a man stuck in a time loop. Oh, yeah. All right. Lemnus Gate. Okay. So I I don't know how this game is going to actually work real time, but it is a turn-based first-person shooter where each person has 25 seconds to mm -hmm. make their move in the world. So And then the next person makes their move. So you're playing chess, but playing a first-person shooter at the same time. And that is so infinitely fascinating. I don't know how it could possibly work. Right. It looks so it looks so cool, but I, I can't I can't imagine how it actually works in like the long in the long same. run. It's so, the kind of thing you like have to do it to really get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I first saw this trailer and it says like, oh yeah, you move like twenty like twenty-five seconds, you get a turn, you get to do stuff. So I'm like, all right, so it's like turn-based strategy, maybe kind of like XCOM, but you get a different perspective. It's not a grid or a tactical game like a grid. No. So I mean, it does it does seem weird. So you can like go to one side of the building and then you see another guy go to the other side. It's like, ha I he can't see me. And then once you're in the turn, or so I, I have no idea. I think it's going to be like, like weight, like score based, like per round. Like you'll make your move and then you're the first to make the move. And then whoever gets like first to 10 kills or something. And, you, and you start like adding in more of you like, yeah you stop the person who kills so, you this round then they stop you but did you did you guys watch into the gameplay thing where they talked about ghosts no okay so no. those blue silhouette the the blue and red silhouettes you're seeing that means you're dead yes but you don't stop playing you're still playing and you're doing moves because if you save yourself from the death you just had happen in the next loop all the actions you just did as a ghost happen. Jeez, that's see, it, it sounds oh. so good. So the second uh. you die, you can do things to plan for the next round. And if you save yourself later, then you'll actually do those things you did while you were dead. This sounds radical, and I just I don't know if it's, it's gonna insane. work. It's insane. It sounds insane. It sounds too cool to be true, is what it does. It sounds what it sounds. Nuts. Uh Brandon, right. any thoughts on it? Well, I'm just trying to get you involved. I'm out of my element, so I'm leaving the the talk to you guys. For the you like, did you like 12 minutes? Did you think that looked cool? Yeah, yeah it cool. did look cool. Yeah. Um, play this one, though, right? Because you love chess. Probably not going to get this one. Fair enough. Uh, I, I can't imagine how it plays. Yeah. Teardown. This is a... a this is a... Um, first of all, it's a physics game, first of all. Yes, but it's also a heist simulator where you plan your own heist... Um, like you have full range of of the grid of where you're supposed to like, you like pick up like three checkpoints or whatever, and you plan out how you want to do it by destroying the environment. 
So you, you have like the prepare mode where you destroy things and you make uh you make rails and you make uh, the best way to steal this person's shit. And then you activate it and you run the course. Uh, and that is just, I'm all about being about creative freedom in video games. And this is like my shit. This looks so cool. And and like the the <laughs> physics behind it, like you can break down a house and the house will fall and all that shit's real. Like in terms of like a physics. Um, it just looks like a good time, like a fun, cool, cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like your games have been going on for so many, so many years. And like, how do you do something like new and original? And I'm always surprised when I see something like this, or I'm like, oh yeah, you're yeah. a heist planning simulator. No, right? I, I love it. I love a game where it just goes. Can you plan the perfect route out of here? Yeah, and that's that's the game, and I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's funny because when I was watching the trailer, my first thought was, is this like a, a kind of a bit of a ripoff of Minecraft, or or because you have that uh, Minecraft style of very crude gra- of like eight bit art, and yeah. then in the second said you have to pull off the perfect heist. I'm like, oh, that- I will say. Goodbye, uh, all the thoughts I had previously in the last five seconds, because this is a whole new ball game. It, it it doesn't so much look like Minecraft, but I will say Minecraft being the biggest game of all time now, uh, it mm-hmm. definitely influences more blocky style. Yeah, sure. I would say like I play Minecraft. This doesn't look like Minecraft just because it's blocks. It doesn't you know they don't they don't mm-hmm. look the same. But I understand what you mean. They definitely had the influence of like, hey man, people like blocks. Yeah, yeah. Sparks, what weren't Jeremy and Michael working on a Minecraft project where that was going to be the same a mirror building? God, probably. At one yeah. point, for sure. I remember they showed us they were working on it together, and it was like this extravagant large tower, and then on the bottom the exact same thing, but upside down. I be- I believe oh. that was probably true. Yeah. Um, override two. Okay, next, next. Uh, how much familiarity do you guys have with Override One? None, not, not a damn thing. Okay, so it's a, it's a mech game that came out a couple years ago. Um, uh, it's it's been received pretty well. This trailer, Override Two, really is just announcing that there is an Override Two coming and introducing some new mechs for it. But I want to talk about uh, the gameplay of how that original game worked because I I was looking into it and what it is is that this game uh it allows you to do uh you're just doing like these mech battles in the cities and everything and the gameplay is apparently pretty good but uh there is co-op capabilities and there's more than just like oh hey you can play with your buddy and you can have 2v2 uh of two mechs versus two mechs you can also do four player team co-op where let's say ryan's the legs i'm the right arm ben's the left arm and brandon is the pilot and that's over it's 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 voltron the fighting game basically oh okay just like this podcast yeah. just like this podcast exactly um so now they're making a sequel uh it, i i that game literally this week became available on xbox gold uh and because we have game pass so i i picked it up i think ryan will as well so we'll check it out and let oh, you know yeah. if it's something worth venturing into max chorus corvus do you guys uh ben specifically do you remember the first time we saw a look at chorus uh e3 last year um yeah. what like were you the- doing what were you doing what were you eating no, 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 what were you wearing not- what i mean is uh this was it's funny because like when it was coming out we were talking about how uh, around that time we were talking about how we really wanted a good flight game flight game simulator and now we're we've got squadrons coming up which might fill that bill yeah um but but we got a little bit more look at the gameplay for this one or, I was, think Corvus from, or was corvus for, from the xbox one earlier this year doesn't matter Frack, they're 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 mending it together. Pretty sure it was last year. Yeah, but go ahead. But it's last year. 
it's a cool like futuristic uh, uh, flight fighting game, and yeah, I, I, I like those. I like playing those every once in a while. Um, I just like the to blow stuff up. Yes. Yeah, uh, this looks like a look a good look a good flight uh, it, it cyberpunky like, type of game. It looks like it has potential. I'd have to like play it to feel if it, if it feels the way I want it to. Yeah, and if I, it doesn't, then I'm out. I like the, the narrative stuff that's got going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for that. Um, struggling. Oh, I remember this one. Ooh, this one. I okay. thought okay. So more co-op. No, I thought uh, Little Nightmares was scary. This one just looks disturbing and gross to me. Hell yeah. Um. It's a yeah, it's a cooperative adventure game where you play you play a science experiment and one of your friends plays one arm and your other friend plays the other arm and you have to cooperate and move around the environment. It looks really really gross and fun. Uh, it's got some gross imagery, like some really gross like uh, uh, like Cronenberg, Cronenberg, uh, 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 like body horror shit going on. Yeah, Cronenberg is mm-hmm. good. good choice. Um, yeah, I just I love I love a good co op game and there seems to be a lot of them coming out coming out around town. So. Uh, I'm into this one because it looks gross. I'm not about it. Ah, it's fair. <laughs> oh, my phone. You'll find it. What's do you want me to keep going? No. Uh, Spellbreak. Spellbreak is another battle royale game, but this, this one looks is, super cool. This is the anime kind of one, right? Yes. Uh, this yeah. one. This looks awesome. This looks yeah. awesome. This one looks like potentially, I want to see more gameplay, but it looks like potentially this would be the closest to like playing like anime, like a lot of anime fight, uh, like like really getting that feel in. Um, like in, in like the generic, like fast moving mm-hmm. way. I, I'm really yeah. hoping that's true. Yeah. It also looks like you can swap out your gauntlets or you have, or you can pick two elements of magic gauntlets to go out and fight other people with. So yeah. I, I thought that was actually pretty intuitive. So you can have like, fire spells and lightning spells and this and that. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty sweet. Because at oh. first, because when I first saw Spellbreak, I'm like, oh, is this like a cool RPG adventure game? Oh, no, it's multiplayer. That looks, still looks pretty freaking cool. Yeah, in, in the realm of, of Fortnite, I forgot to mention, I played some Fortnite this week. Uh, that's the, that is currently like the most what, most played game in the world, like uh, next to Fall Guys, but Fortnite's been going on for years. Hey guys, that game's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I understand why people like it. Also, all that Marvel shit hella cool hella cool um but yeah this looks like another like it wants to be like another fortnite it's a new battle royale but it, it's all about magic and like fancy shit and there there's not another one of those like it and considering all of them are like you know sci-fi shooter ones so it's cool that we're getting a unique one mm-hmm. uh quantum error yes error error hey it's a it looks like a cool horror game yeah what is this one um, I, this is the this fire, the, this scanner. Is the fireman checking in and, uh, he sees the like zombie like guys and, uh, he's got to use the thermal scanner at one point. The zombies oh. that you can't see, you gotta use the thermal scanner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks all right. I think it needs some work to really like sell me on it. I'm not, it's probably early. Yeah. yeah. They, they said it was, uh, I'm just, I'm not 100% there. The, on it. the combat didn't have any weight to it. <clears throat> Like when they were shooting dudes, like the dude was not reacting whatsoever. I, what I, I what I specifically told you is that like it, it looks all right. It's not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Um. So you kind of got to wait for it to get further along to get pumped. The idea itself, though, of like there are like these zombie ghost things you can't see without using a, a scanner is a cool idea. Yes. Um. They probably they'll probably make it look better. Yeah. 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 Gigabash. Yeah. More kaiju. Uh, Brandon, have you always wanted to play Smash, but as kaiju? I had that. I was just showing monsters. No, no, no. But I mean, like, like 
like in it like like really well like smash made not a good game yeah hey don't not destroy all monsters I, it's okay it's fine it's that's uh, a 2004 ass game it's like power um, Stone, but with kaiju mm. yeah that's no, pretty cool I, your, the kaiju don't evolve they i evolve do everything. i do like this I, I like the presentation of this a lot i like the environments i like that there's a lot of different hazards that can come up in the environments you have to work around i think this oh. could be a lot of fun to play you know this is also reminded me of the classic side scroller rampage yeah, 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 big monsters. Um, Isn't that the movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Mm, I saw that movie. The billion dollar making rampage. Remember? Billion again. Second, second, I said it. I knew you guys were gonna do. We were gonna say something about that, but Ben, oh, yeah. Ben, just die already. Is the next game we're talking about? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> you too. Just, just die already. All right, is, bye guys. Is an old person mayhem sandbox game. It's made by the guy who made um, uh, Goat Simulator, which is a hilariously fun sandbox game where you're just a goat wrecking shop in a city. Um, you just you just play old people and you just you, you kill them and you get killed by them and you kill them and it's like, hey man, video games are funny. I don't know. There's <laughs> so like a good cyberpunk. It looks fun. I missed this one. Son of a bitch. It, it looks like a it's a fun game. It's, don't think about it. Just play murder, murder, small people. I don't know. Just be old. Just be old, old and naked. Yeah, old and naked. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, uh, I'm still very pumped about this. Um, mm-hmm. I wish we had been shown more. I like seeing Hera. It's nice Hera! Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, the, that's the first time Hera's been confirmed to be alive after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Good. Yeah. yeah. Love, love yep. seeing her. Uh, I just... I. I really just hope the game plays great because if the game plays so great, well, I'm there. Yeah. It doesn't the, matter. The, Nothing else matters at this point. Yeah, I'm there if the game plays well. It, yeah. The little bit we did, again because they didn't show as much as I really wanted. Um, Same. Yeah. Um, the little bit they showed, and again, it's the one thing that that I really wanted in this game because if they wanted to make it like Tie Fighter and, and Rogue Squadron and all that stuff, you have to make the combat good. And it's where you're doing a flyby and you're able to stop and shoot and then continue to go. That's it. That's all I wanted. Because like when you play Battlefront, like the, the combat, the combat is you're just going right. You can't really stop and turn. Yeah, you can't like hover yes. or like like Poe Dameron does when he's sitting exactly. outside of the. Like you can't do that in Battlefront Two, which is one of the problems I have with it because you have to be in constant like exactly. control of where um, you're aiming. And this since this is a game that's all flying. If the flying isn't good, you got a problem. So at least it looks like the the basic. You can do that, you can do that drift that Poe Dameron does too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm very excited about. That kind of stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know the single player i hope it's good like i don't expect it to be yeah. to blow off my somebody did make a good point that's saying i don't know how you're going to have any real stakes because this is after the empire's lost right so you're following the victors so like how are you supposed to follow the empire and root for their ascendance again or are you supposed to be the rebels and like they already won so why are what's the point of following them it's like the the, the place they chose for the story is very interesting and I'm, I'm curious if they have a good justification for it besides Hera. Well, I mean, it's it's the justification is, uh, hey, what will Disney let us do? Oh, explore, explore just after Return of the Jedi? Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That should, yeah. Because <laughs> Battlefront, uh, it, Battlefront it's 2. Possible, it's possible these will be a lot, like the Empire stuff might be a lot of the devotees who will go on to like kind of form the First Order. Yeah, I would, that's what I'd hope. All right. Lego, Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Definitely coming this year. Definitely yep. coming this year. Had a gameplay trailer to, and revealed that it is coming next year in 2021. Uh, I just lied to our audience. Yep. No. <laughs> um, 
I, I watched this this whole thing a couple days ago. Uh, I got really excited when I saw that you could play as Yaddle. Yep. Yeah, they're gonna have they they, they sold on that. They're like every character's in this. They they told you without telling you. They're like every character yeah. you'd want is here. No, really. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. I remember, and it reminded me of doing our Mandalorian uh, base uh, uh, fake nerds watch, and uh, Ryan Sparks and I were talking about how this is how the child is the third member of the species and ben said no it's the second and we were like buddy do you not know about yaddle beautiful locks and that was your that was your introduction to yaddle put a wig on it um yep then i rewatched that a minute i'm like oh she's on the council she's on the council she's there uh yeah this is uh this i i'm optimistic about i think that uh I, I think that Lego does a really good job of usually like playing the balance of tribute and humor, mm-hmm. uh, kind of making fun of the product at the same time. Um, they're almost like, they're almost parody games, really. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they do a really good job of that. I'm looking forward to the lampooning of the rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> and hopefully not so much lampooning of the last Jedi. Uh, I'm, I'm curious because they've obviously released, almost every game for the movies that are already out. Like, this is like, they've almost made all the games for the movies, right? So this is the other thing. Uh, just based on this trailer, I think Brandon would agree with me. It looks like, like, this is reinventing the wheel. They didn't, They it doesn't look like they pulled anything uh, level-wise right. yeah. from the old games. That's what I was worried They're about. completely new. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say, like, what gameplay we see, I'm like, none of this looks familiar. Yeah, that's what uh, I was worried about. Character designs do, sure, but, like, none of the level work looks the same. So I don't think you're playing through the same games at all. Yeah. All right, TT Games, you sold me on Yaddle. Now tell me, can I play as Ghost Qui-Gon Jinn, Ghost oh. Luke Skywalker, and Ghost Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because yes, please. I'll definitely... <laughs> they had those in the old ones. I don't know why they wouldn't have them here. Well, obviously Luke wasn't in the old ones. But yes, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, they had the previous much, ghosts before. Much like uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon, I think every single character who's been in a Lego game is going to be in this game as a playable character. This yeah. is this is their their Smash all, uh, Ultimate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're gonna, I, we're gonna get we're gonna get uh, uh, Duck Dodgers as the Green Lantern. We're gonna get no I'm kidding. I I'm grateful that it feels like they're going to bring a lot of what they've learned in in the newer Lego games since Star Wars to this. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of hoping for maybe you are as well, Brandon. Something that feels a little more like the the hub world existence between things as you're traveling through the story that Jurassic World uh and the jurassic park games brought to the table from what i heard i don't know if they show it in the gameplay but it is you it is a minorly open world that you go to the different movies that's really that's really what i want because i thought the jurassic park game excelled at creating that environment where you you are on isla nublar and you travel to the other island and you can go to isla sorna yeah i agree with that one wholeheartedly um i would really like it if the traversal of different planets was better than the force awakens lego game because that was crap I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it will be um uh i would take something that's a little more akin to the clone wars game sure um but it's I, i'm glad that this looks like they really did go back and just kind of like you know we've learned a lot let's let's actually brick by brick uh remake everything no pun intended no it was intended it was intended. Uh, <laughs> lego star wars one the hub world was dexter jetsters uh cafe i i talked to yes exactly yeah uh the i talked to brandon about it and the only thing that um really bothers me about this game is that uh it doesn't look like they'll have multiplayer co-op available which is something that i just wish uh no lego game has up to this point 
but I wish that this was the one that would. I wish that they'd start breaking into that mold. I don't think it's a big deal to be able to just get one friend on your multiplayer co-op with you um, because we're all stuck at home now. And I'm like, man, I'd play this with Brandon. That's so yeah. crazy. Ratchet and Clank had a gameplay trailer. And that's the last one we're going to talk about. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. This was pretty much just an extension of the first trailer. It was. It's an extension of the first one where we get to see now why everything is happening. Mm-hmm. And you get just like actual like uninterrupted gameplay. Uninterrupted game. Play, um, yeah. And yeah, man, like that definitely looks like a game that cannot be on a PS4. That is yeah. like yeah. that reality warping stuff is awesome. Yeah. And like if that's just like if that's like a launch type of thing, I can only imagine like what the next couple of years for the PlayStation uh, and Xbox is going to be. Un- undeniably, like mechanically, this is the most impressive thing coming out of Gamescom. Yeah. I I was watching this trailer and Dr. Nefarious is revealed to be the villain. Yeah. Um, I would love it if this wasn't actually a sequel to the to the remake and it was just a sequel to Nexus, which is the final. I, I uh, would love Russian that. I think a lot of fans would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're bringing back Nefarious as a robot. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait for Ratchet and Clank. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Ben... I'm sure you're excited for this, but the stand had a teaser trailer. Oh, he's he's not listening to you right now. Hey, you know, he can hear me. He we just oh. can't hear him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't hear you. My light turned off. Hold on. <laughs> well, no, Ben's not here to talk. Oh, I know he loves the stand. He loves oh, the stand so much. It. Ben's well, such I was say, aren't we gonna not talk about Call of Duty? Because I remember Ryan Texan is saying we had to watch the Call of Duty oh, trailer. Oh, not Call of Duty. It had Did that you text us that? I, I didn't I don't I didn't see that. It's fine. Uh, yeah, there's new Call of Duty. I don't really, really care about Call of Duty anymore. But um, I think Black Ops is the best of that of that franchise. Black Ops One. It has like Ed Harris and Gary Oldman and um, Sam Worthington and like and like Ice Cube. It has like that's like the most star-studded dope of the franchise. And Black Ops Three uh, is cap is still capitalizing that. And now like they got Ronald Reagan or whatever. And like the tone of the trailer. I wanted you guys to watch it because the tone of the trailer was really gross compared to like what's going on right now and how like we're gonna wipe out this enemy and stuff i agree yes yeah i thought yeah. it was super this is why i i didn't mind i didn't see that you brought up that you wanted to add it yeah uh i had no interest in like i was yeah. like <sighs> it's uh i just i won because i wanted to because like uh ronald reagan's in this game that's hilarious and he's yeah. like the guy who's gonna save the world like read the room uh call of duty yeah. but also i just think it's still cool that like all of those characters from that first game from like 10 years ago those are still all the characters in this game sure and like it's just cool to see all those famous people still in this franchise and i'm like i play the black ops games uh and that's it because yeah. i think those have the most interesting story the last one the last one i played mm-hmm. advanced warfare mm, that one was cool that one was cool kind of spacey Oh yeah, that's hey, that's still a good story though. <laughs> All right, whatever. So Ben, uh, you tried to change the subject, buddy, but we're gonna ha- you're gonna have to tell us about how much you love the stand. We're in tea talk now, trailer talk. Ben, Stephen King, I, it's your best no. friend. I, I, I know. I didn't want. Is watch my it. hair changing shape on camera? What the hell's happening? No, I don't think so. It looks shapely to me. Um, so, do you not look at it's a different shape? Do you not no, stay I, in the stand? No, I actually, I actually, I forgot, I forgot to watch this one when we were doing a when I was doing trailers. I was too busy watching uh, the game once. Just like thirty seconds of a teaser. Come yeah. on. Um, I'm much more cooled on this uh, this week, which is why I think it's pretty funny that this week they put out this teaser. I would have waited uh, <laughs> a little. Um, but uh, the stand is 100% written and directed and produced by Josh Boone. Um, Coming out of New Mutants, yeah, not smelling like a rose, yeah. Uh, which 
here's the thing. Here's the thing that's put me like chiefly, and nothing in this trailer made me feel dif differently about it. Um, Josh Boone, from everything I've heard, we obviously didn't go see New Mutants, but everything I understand, uh, went for a horror vibe and missed hardcore. Yeah. Uh, on the horror aspects of what he was trying to achieve. That leaves me with very little confidence with him all over uh, the work of this show that this is going to deliver on what the stand should be. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I'm not familiar with stand, but I know it's, it's like, it's well regarded. Um, and like, Hey man, I love, I like James Marsden a whole lot. So like maybe I'll watch the first episode and see how it goes. I'll certainly give it a chance, but I am, I am severely cool. Yeah, man, moment. if this trailer would have came out a week ago, yeah, I, I I don't know how I would have felt. Um, I it, to be honest, like even just trying to trying to be enough. trying to be more into the realm of not considering all the Josh Boone stuff. I don't. There's nothing here that feels truly representative to me of what that story is in the in its horror aspects. I like know I, what I, it I is. didn't. I didn't feel like uh, I didn't feel like they were displaying enough. Uh, ben, ben, would you trailer? But like uh, Ben, would you concur? I don't know what they're talking about, so no, I had to fix my lights. But <laughs> it's the stand. Uh, I don't know. Last week, taking the stand against it, it's fine. Last week, we forgot to bring this up, but the Death on the Nile trailer came out. It's right, the new Hercule is the new Hercule Poirot uh, film directed uh, by Kenneth Branagh, just like Murder on the Orient Express. If I'm not mistaken, it's the first time that this has been a sequel to a Murder on the Orient Express adaptation. Uh, it's the first time that the same Poirot has shown up in film as a sequel, but there have been shows that have adapted them as, as dramas and contained, and so kind of sequeled that. There's so, a very long-running BBC BBC series. Yes. Called Poirot, yeah. So like, yes. uh, I haven't read any of these these books, but like they're all basically like self-contained murder mysteries, but now they're trying to... But with like, the same detective. Yeah, but now they're like, maybe this is like an actual sequel? So the thing is, uh, Death on the, the weird thing is Death on the Nile in the book order takes place before Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, my brain. Oh, this is Jack Ryan. Hunt for Red October and Patriot Games are flipped in the movies instead of yeah. in the books. Oh, my brain. But yeah, that's that's what they're doing, is that oh, this okay. takes place after Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, okay. Right, so it's it's Hercule Poirot, um, Kenneth Branagh, Gal Gadot, Returning. Army okay. Hammer. What? Returning with his mustache. Yep. Uh, it's got a great cast, just like Murder. Mm -hmm. It does have a great cast. I, I hope that the cinematography might be a little better designed on this one. Uh, I recently went through a long thread of someone talking about Murder on the Orient Express, Branagh's version, and uh, how his eye, like, he was clearly more focused on creating the character Poirot and probably shouldn't have directed because his eye of how to use a frame of reference in the train was poor. Um, specifically, there's a lot of shots where, like, character reactions should be revealed, but instead we're, like, up behind and above their shoulder or something, just because it's a better shot of where Poirot is, rather than showing us the character that... So I was just, like, looking at that, and I'm like, man, that's a good point. Uh, I don't know, like, I I'm sold more on the cast and presentation of that film than I am on the actual, uh, uh, like, filmmaking of that film. I didn't realize, I, I thought the movie, like, I saw it, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, it's not I like that. It. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I liked it. I didn't realize that movie made enough money to get a sequel. Yep. I didn't think people saw that movie. That's great. Not only did it make enough money to make to get a sequel, but it's it made enough money for Disney to keep it going. That's crazy. Good job, Brana. Um, hey, yeah. I hope he, I hope I like Brana as Poro. Uh, I hope he does get to make more. I think I agree that I would rather him not direct many more of these. 
that's that I, I feel like it would have been cool at this point to have seen someone else come in and direct it and Brana play uh Hercule Pro. Maybe we'll get that in the future. They it, it's undeniable like the cast talent from the first one and from this one is is incredible. Um that's that's gonna get me to go see it. I just uh I, I think we can aim higher than all right, like Ryan was saying. Yeah. Which is what I would say of Murder on the Orient Express is I like it, but I, I don't think it's like breaking any any boundaries of what what we can do with this kind of material utopia had a new trailer this week this is the new amazon prime tv series john cusack is in this one a lot of pretty good looks pretty good uh i told ryan that the tone is all over the place and i don't think it's in a bad way but it is wild how much the tone is shifting around in this trailer Mm -hmm. i was like for some reason my mind went to doom patrol where like it's like a serious situation but everyone's like super silly about it yeah um yeah, I'm very into it, this. What it is is that like sometimes we're focused on some characters and I feel like they're living in a different context than the others. Yeah. Uh, where the others are taking things in a lighter, a, a more humorous end and then there's like really, really serious pandemic shit. Yeah. And I'm like, like okay. Like bad yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm like, these are two different types of products happening at the same time. And that's cool. Uh, the premise is dope though. Like there's a comic called Utopia um, and the things that are happening in that comic are coming to life, but it's like so obscure nobody knows about it except for this small group of people. Um, so they have to like refine the comic or like like get to each other to help save the world. And John Cusack's the bad guy who's gonna make the, the world bad. And Ray Wilson's the scientist who's gonna help him. Hell yeah. Um I'm into it. This looks super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Raised by wolves. I don't even know what to say about this except I need to watch it. Yeah, this <laughs> this this uh again, like Ben, something was made like directly for you earlier. The Raised by Wolves is just like shove it into my veins, dude. Are you kidding me? Like nothing speaks more to me than a bunch of robots raising kids and questioning their humanity. That's that's just written by Ryan Leopolis. Um, and Faith. I really want to watch this show because yeah. one of the things I did, it wasn't part of the first trailer, but then they said, you will raise these children to be atheists. And then they said, oh, make believe things, destroy the planet. And then a bunch of God-fearing zealots show up to the planet and then like, hey, kids, don't tell them that we're androids. And they're like, mom's not an android. She's totally an android. I just need you to say it for me. I was like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Warcraft's own. The main oh. character Warcraft is in this. Oh, is that the guy from Vikings? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, that's the guy from Vikings. Okay. And Warcraft. And, and Warcraft, Warcraft, apparently. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, like, there's a scene where the main android lady, like, get some armor and just flies away and that's from like where she goes silver surfer silver, she goes silver surfer i'm just like i don't even know what's going on anymore yeah yeah this you, is, you and i are both like wow i just wow uh <laughs> this looks like it's got a huge budget like there it looks it looks super cool um i am very very excited for this yeah enola holmes this looks much better than i thought it would hearing the concept on paper i agree yeah. I think it looks uh, little... Millie Bobby Brown clearly has a passion for those books. Yes. There's a there's a lot of uh deft humor here at play, and I, I appreciate it. It looks it looks competently made. I'm 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 interested in seeing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Henry Cavill, Sherlock Holmes just said putting it out there. Well, I'm not gonna say like uh, I'm not gonna shit on the movie for this, but I get I, I have the impression that Henry Cavill is more there for Henry like, Cavill for like uh posterizing him in spotlight moments, but he's not really going to be a presence. I, I figured, yeah, like, I would almost be mad if he was in the movie a lot. Because, like, it's called Enola Holmes. Don't make it about Sherlock Holmes. We have a hundred years of Sherlock Holmes shit. Yeah. So I'm not expecting much from him. 
And this is the this is the Sherlock Holmes who cares about women, which is why the uh, Doyle estate is very upset. Yes. How dare he? Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting uh, see, seeing what we know as the public domain Holmes, and then there's yeah. this Holmes is like, you know, you're so I, I love you, you're my sister, and blah, blah blah. Like she looks like he's a supportive role in her life, whereas right. Mycroft is not. Yeah. Um, the the writer and director, um, they're two different people, but they both worked on like lots of really great stuff. So like I, this seems like a hit. Like yeah. I, I think it looks really charming. It looks like it's like breaking the fourth wall. Like she's always talking to you throughout the yeah. whole movie. Uh, that's like a nice charming little thing. I'm actually also really excited to see Helena Bonham Carter. In yeah. And then Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, I, I, I wanted, wanted to be more excited about this. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty anti this style of animation. I think half of the creatures look pretty good in this style, and I'm all for it. And I would say another half look pretty bad. Yeah. And I don't like when human beings are animated yeah, like this. It's... I think it works good for environments. It can work good for the for the right monsters, for the right creatures. But for people, looks like shit. I don't like it. Uh, Goblin Slayer is an anime I'm not a big fan of. Uh, at, it, the the story's good, uh, but the anime adaptation is not. There's a lot of this kind of animation in it. Not here for it. Uh, I don't I don't like it. It's very thin. It's very fake. Uh, it's, it's, very, it's cheap. very cheap is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 this game's really great. This game came out like eight years ago. It actually had a recent, uh, uh, re-release like remaster called, uh, Dark Arisen or whatever. But, um, it's a third person, like monster slaying open world game. And it's really fun. Uh, like all the monsters, like there's a Cyclops and Dragon. So I got all the monster stuff. It's the story. Uh, the story's fine. So they can honestly do whatever they want with it. Um, it's it just the animation doesn't really strike me. So like I, uh, I'll wait for it. And like sometimes it does. Yeah. Like uh, there's like the the skull, the skull king. Yeah. Uh, guy, yeah. I'm like he looks great in this animation. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And then I see the dude, the main dude, and I'm like, no, but he doesn't look good. And the difference next to him, it's it does. Yeah. They don't. They clash. They don't work. It feels like they want another Castlevania. So they have like the main guy, mm. and then they have a female uh, like sidekick. Uh, in in the game, like you are, you create your own character. And then all of all of your minions are are these things called pawns, which are basically like people from another dimension that are just subservient to you. They're just they're they're pawns. They're literally just they're create uh, player created pawns. So you can pick from one of thousands of different pawns. Yeah. So it looks like they're just picking one lady to be your pawn when you can have up like five. So it just looks like they're doing Castlevania, but not a good version of it. And I'm like, you you have this. There's so much more to this you can do. So uh, I'll wait and see. Unfortunately. All right. Uh, did you? Did either of you have thoughts on that? We kind of dominated that one. No, I I agree. I, I wouldn't say I, I would say uh, something if I didn't agree. Cool. Uh, okay, so we're going to go into our review now. Review of a real movie, guys. Bill and Ted face the music. Full spoilers. I'm going to put it down here in our little bar. Full spoilers for Bill and Ted face the music, the third film in the Bill and Ted trilogy. You guys go ahead and get started. Sparks hated it. That's why he left. Yeah, I know. Uh, so let's go around the horn. Uh, ben, what did you think? Oh, it was fine. I I, there I know were... you're bullshitting me. No, no, I actually thought it was fine. I oh, don't... Really? Yeah, I... Funny, there were parts of it that I really enjoyed that I loved. <laughs> did, did I offend him or something with him? Yeah, <laughs> Brandon left also. Just, or is he just that shocked that I didn't absolutely love this movie? I'm, I'm shocked because I'm pretty sure all three of us did. Uh, I adored this movie. I liked it a lot. I, no, I'm, I still enjoy this movie. I still, I, but I don't 
think it's better than one or two. I, I still, don't either. I, I still enjoy this movie. Um, I, I didn't rent it. I actually bought it, and I'm still glad I bought it. So I now I technically own the entire Bill and Ted trilogy, all the films. But when I was watching it, I don't know. I, we're going to get into it, but I, I wasn't expecting much, but I still had a good time with it. I still, I still uh, have. Okay, stop. Ryan? I like this movie a whole lot. I don't, I don't know what you, what you were expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but I got, I got everything I didn't know I wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I had an idea of what the movie was going to be before it started, and even though I, I think we all could have guessed what the plot was, it still did that plot really well and really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, um, the daughters. I yeah. I will admit to openly weeping at the end of this movie. It's 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 okay. It's good. Uh, out of like excitement, like I just thought the ending mm-hmm. was super exciting. I really like this movie. I, and I'm not saying like it's a great movie. I think two is still the better film in the trilogy, but. Damn, I had a good time. I think it was such a good time. I put it uh, on Twitter. I was like, man, this was like the perfect movie for right now. Because it's like, it's not problematic. It's just nice and wholesome. Like, there's faint drama, but it's over. But it's like, the love waves over. It's less problematic than the first two films. 100%. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that they didn't even like try to make a joke. about. didn't even... They didn't try to like do an anti because the first two movies have some bad homophobia in it, right. and I'm glad they say they say fag in both really yeah. really sharply. It's yes. not great. Uh, uh, the second one multiple times. Um, I I thought they were gonna do something to be like anti that and do something that would have been like um, like it didn't really mean they didn't mean it or do something. So they just completely avoided that fact altogether and just didn't have anything problematic or tried to uh, overcomplicate the plot to make it, hey, we're not bad people. We, you know, we're not those old movies anymore. It didn't try to like overcorrect itself. Sure. Or anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in this film, the beginning has them at a wedding reception where they talk about Missy, right? Yes. Yeah. Missy. Yeah, Missy. Missy having married both their dads and yep. now and marrying Keanu, uh, Keanu Reeves' younger brother. Yep. And the moment I realized they kept that gag going, uh, I burst out laughing because I was like, we're back, baby. Yeah. yeah. No, when they kept, kept when, when they opened it, I was like, oh, my, oh thank God. They, they found a way to keep it going. Because yeah. yeah. well, Ted 2 opens up with uh, Missy marrying uh, Ted's dad. Yes. And I'm like, oh, and then you, then you see Bill's, then you see Bill's dad going, almost almost like every type of reference that i almost every reference that i would have wanted i got right in some way yeah when kid cuddy goes station i'm like oh shit they got station in there yay i don't know why he knows about station neither do i station because station played the night they got famous if you remember bill and ted 2 the band is station death their wives and them yeah. mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just like there's no like i guess like, and no... and backup dancers of their good robot versions oh, created yeah. by yeah. station the good robot uses i i gotta say ben i went to the bathroom and i find your assessment most bogus my dude uh <laughs> It is a really good movie. I don't know why you're coming out with fine. I, to me, it was it was it was it was the most perfect. It was one of the most perfect sequels I've ever seen. Because you know, death's in this, but he's in it for just the right amount. Because you're just like you had two. I didn't need to see another whole movie of you. Yeah, but I, I was excited him, that you're there. I love when he first also, shows up because they make him look really cool. Because he's just like in the throes of like yes. falling in hell, and he's like, mm. <laughs> and then, like hopscotch. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, I actually, I also love how one of the things I actually do really like about um, when death does show up in this movie is that when Bill and Ted are at death's door, like literally they're at death's door. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, I just got that joke. God damn it. <laughs> and they're t- and then he's like, "You put me out of the bed." It's like you try to take the name Wild Stallions, forty-five minute bass solos, dude. I was so like, oh, that's what happened. Real- Though real quickly, we should mention that the beginning of this movie quite quickly retcons the ending of two. Yeah, um, where at the ending of two, they're playing concerts on Mars and they've uh, united I, the world. I want to be clear. Uh, it didn't. It didn't retcon it. It just said they never made the song that unified everything. They were very famous. Those solo albums happened. They played all the that Grand, shit. They happened. played the Grand Canyon, and then happened. they got less famous because they they weren't stellar anymore yes, but they didn't play on mars well also we they kept playing out... I wish they played on mars yeah they also kept putting out albums and then a bunch of critics were just panning the albums constantly yeah um okay uh so so bill and ted have daughters yes Billy are basically them Billy yep. and Thea. yeah uh, Samara, Samara weaving was the only one i recognized because of ready or not mm-hmm um but the other i found both those actresses to be very good that are on netflix by the way oh, okay also, um weaving's relative maybe i'm just guessing <laughs> um i found both of those actors to be really good i really enjoy their performances as their daughters i yeah. agree i'm gonna be up front i don't think i have a con i don't really? think i have one because yeah this movie's not it's this isn't like i'm not being mean like there's not a lot of depth to it right it's just it's a really right. fun like 90 minute bill and ted uh, going through some shenanigans um yeah like it's it's not three hours long so there's nothing you need to pick out um oh like, like, jokes i didn't think were funny like i, I also I, I also really like how they have their wives will are totally on board with everything they're doing because when they see them again it's like oh were you time traveling again because yes, they're yeah. from the 1400s still yeah, yeah. that little uh but, the, the therapy the session scene, is so but the but, therapy scene where they um, say that they're always the same they're always different actresses every movie yes They've had to be, but, but yeah, the therapist, the therapist session when she's just like, I'd like to see you two, maybe three, five times a week. It's and like, wait, what, what do you mean? Or is it, oh, the princesses, that's a word. And then she's like, no, well, we're actually, I'm, I was born in 1408. She's born in 1410. And he's like, and she's like, what? So, um, so, uh, Wilhelmina, uh, 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 her name is Bridget Lundy Payne. Uh, she's non-binary. She goes by they, them. She's a cool lady. They are a cool lady. I'm bad at this. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I, the, when the Bill and Ted um, Comic-Con thing happened, um, all the people were there. And then she was like, they were like, hey, I'm, I'm a they them. So thanks for that. And Kevin Smith's like, heck yeah, you're cool. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Wait, uh, who, who did they play again? Uh, uh, Bill, Bill's, Bill's daughter. No, Ted's daughter. Damn it. Ted's daughter. Who is named after Bill. Oh, God. It's, yeah. <laughs> the black haired one, right? Black hair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, so Ted's kid is named after Bill. Bill's yes. kid is named after Ted. Yes. Yep. Got it. Therefore, Bill's kid is blonde, named after Ted. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I have no. I I have no bad things to say. I I can't. I don't even know where I would find one. Um, I love I love the dad's arc. Yeah. When he's when he's finally in hell and he's just like and he's he like, did go to hell. Did go to this place which stands to reason that everything else you said is that true. Part, okay, that part I liked. The one okay, the one thing that I that wore out its welcome. I thought it was funny at first, but then I was just sick and tired of it. When as the more it draw it dragged on was Dennis. 
Oh, I uh, I can I can understand that. Uh, I liked him, but I I can understand why he's near the, the end. I can understand it. I don't find it anywhere outside the same kind of gag humor they were using in the two others. one and two. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it felt totally in place and didn't bother me. I mean, like yeah. what he I says, actually like, oh I actually like Dennis. No, I know, but he's talking specifically about him constantly saying, "I'm Dennis." Yeah, like late. At I don't first, know. I liked sh- it. Like when Dennis first shows up, when he like when he first shows up, and when he's trying to kill Bill and Ted, and then he gets his name. My name is Dennis. Is like, and Man, then like, when he's when he's there in the far future, getting ready to kill Bill and Ted, and he realizes he can't do it anymore. <laughs> I found to be so funny. Okay, yeah. Dennis' best moment is oh, definitely yeah. when he blasts them at the garage, and they're all going. He's like, Oh no! Oh no! What I? Oh no! Uh, uh, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is the best robot ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the the no, the, that, the that future the. The grand, the great leader in the future, uh, thinks that that George Carlin was wrong. That and in fact, it is and their is, and is his widow. Uh, and and it, it is the death of Bill and Ted that will unite the universe. Just because they feel like they've tried everything else. Yeah. yeah. And um, Kelly, who is who is Rufus's daughter, uh, uh, Kristen Shaw, uh, she's she's there to make things right. Man. What? What a good way to keep Rufus's legacy continuing, especially with that little nod with the phone booth. I love that hologram of when I of when I first appeared with, to the great ones. Yeah. The second he comes out, he's it goes greetings, my excellent friends. Like Rufus. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really great. I thought that was a wonderful way to pay tribute to George Carlin. I will mm-hmm. tell you the closest thing I can possibly get to a con about this movie, and it's not. But like the closest I could get is like. I don't understand, or I lost the the logic of why it was important that the wives took the phone booth from them. Mm. Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah. Like why the old wives were going back in time and why that was relevant. I lost the logic of it, but that's okay. I don't really care. Yeah, I I feel like there might have been a scene cut or something, but like that's I guess, what I, I guess in the end it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but yeah, um, I never thought about it until just now. There's also kind of the things that if you want to really think about it, why? How does it make sense that if they they unite the world on on one day, their future selves wouldn't have already done it? No, no, no. Okay, so this this totally works because as Ryan has pointed out, time travel rules in Bill and Ted are whatever's funniest, and a lot of it works because Bill and Ted has always relied on a logic of oh, the keys are here because later we'll go put them here. Nice. And that's or, it. Or, or that part in Till Ted One, he's like, "Trash can, remember the trash can, yeah. trash can." What are you? Boom. And Bill and Ted Two does it as well because that's how they ultimately outfox the bad guy. They spin. Yeah. They use that same thing, and it's like, dude, none of that stuff works unless you're the person who wins this outcome. Since you don't win, we get to outthink you, <laughs> and that's it. So time travel logic doesn't mean shit no, in this universe. So I don't care about like. What the future means for how it worked with them not having this the song is an umbrella the song. academy. Yeah, no, but that's the, but that's the thing. That's why I brought it up because you're absolutely right. If you think about it too much, but you're not meant to, it's because it's supposed to just be funny. All so, of the and it is, it is. It's just them constantly going in the future and Bill and Ted trying to like one up them, yeah. and bust them and trick them, and so, they're like, "You guys the... screwed it up." So here's the way. So the second time they go and they start talking in the British accents, and I'm like, oh shit. And then they open it. Dave Grohl, what are you doing yeah. in my house? Yes. <laughs> so oh, yes. The, the cameo appearances are super good where yeah. they happen. 
Um, I really like one of my favorite things about the time travel logic is it's like, how do we outsmart them? They're us. They'll remember everything, yeah. but we have to do something we wouldn't remember. And they put buckets over their heads and fall off fall out of the building. And it's like, I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> or um, so the, the B plot is that is that their their daughters have gone in time to get them a band. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, was I found all this movie. I found all of this to be delightful. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that their daughters have like a more well-versed dictionary of music and appreciation than them. And it, like Bill says, your acumen is so great. It's, yeah. it, it, it's so good that they do that. I love the people they pick that they go mm -hmm. for Jimi Hendrix and Louis Armstrong and Mozart and the way to, that guy who does Louis Armstrong does such a good Louis Armstrong. He, does. he yeah. really does. One uh, of my favorite, one of my favorite things about the time travel logic of Bill and Ted is much like the first film when Billy the Kid shows up, uh, they're just on board with it. Right. Yeah. And so I really just like, yeah, they had to convince Jimi Hendrick and, and, and Louis Armstrong, but Mozart was like, okay, I guess I'm going with you guys now. Yeah, it's like guitar battle against Jimi Hendrick, which is sick. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah versus guitar. Yeah. That's a good no, bit. I, that was the scene I was going to mention. It was the uh, when Jimi Hendrix, you can hear Mozart outside, and Jimmy's like, I got this. And he starts playing the riff, and Mozart's like, and they just do their own thing, and it's like, I love that. That's that's great. Even when Louis Armstrong plays his horn and convinces Jimi Hendrix that he's the real Louis Armstrong, and yeah, he's yeah. like around the corner, and he's like, "Oh, word!" But yeah, the Jimi yeah. Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix bit is actually a fun callback to the first film when they're like, oh, yeah. "We're not going to make it big until we get Jimi Hendrix." Yeah, right. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought I thought that the the selection of artists was really vibrant and cool. I'm glad that it covered a, a section across time and Kid Cudi kind of got to be involved, sort of. That's so he's <laughs> like the quantum genius of the world, and like I yo, love Kid, that. that Kid Cudi's an awesome artist and he's a really funny guy. And I'm like, that's that's of course he's in this movie. That's, that's, that's he starts talking about quantum physics in a way that I could not understand it, and then both Billy and Thea knew what he was saying. I was yeah. like, good on him. I don't understand quantum physics I, isn't. I love Billy and Thea's moment when the, they do do the song, um, and and they 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 can't compose music because obviously they don't know music theory, or the, but they're but they know exactly what it needs to sound like, and they're like walking them through, like no, do it like this, and they're like doing it. They're like the best so, music reviewers. I love two things about that. One, I love that it's their daughters who ultimately bring it all together. But uh -huh. two, I love that the answer to the question of how can Bill and Ted make music that unifies the entire universe is. It's not actually that they made the best song ever. It's just that everybody played it together. Yeah. yeah. That's the best answer to that question. Rather that's than that's saying, like, world we're peace. going to make the best song, it's like, nah, it's just that they all played at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah. I, I couldn't have thought of a better finale. And I really wondered as we were coming up to this movie, as I, even without the other two, I wondered because I knew what the concept was. I'm like, they have to play the music that that unifies everything. How do you do that in a movie? Because you can't have a song that everybody agrees is absolutely the best song they've ever heard. Yeah. This was a great answer to that question. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it unites the world on, on multiple mm -hmm. fronts and in humanity. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. I just also love how their wives also get on how, handing instruments to everyone so they can play. The, infinite, the uh, infinite phone booths was one of the coolest things I've seen all year. They're, they're dialing the number and then uh, I forgot who it was. She's like, just push the infinity symbol. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So what 
I am so glad that both Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, even though it's been well 25 plus years since they originally played Bill and Ted, I feel like they still got it. I mean, their age does show a little bit, but the way that they, the way that they talk to each other, and I feel is like you are still Bill and Ted. I love it. I want to point out uh, their physicality is a choice, not them being burdened by age, because we've seen Keanu Reeves and John Wick. He's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't fumble around like I meant their, voice, their voices. No, I get you. I'm talking like they they made physical choices to still move in a way that would be Bill and Ted. That mm-hmm. isn't probably at least on Keanu Reeves' side how they move in in like their age. Yeah. But they show their ageism in a way that's that's beyond what works. So like Ben, I wasn't really worried about that, you know, they haven't done some 25 years. Keanu has. Keanu's been acting nonstop for 25 yeah. years. I have not seen an Alex Winters movie ever that's not bill and ted so right. i didn't know if he could do this again that dude brings it hard that dude is still yes, he, so talented. he is yeah. still every time he plays a parallel version of himself oh my god it's oh. really good all that future shit is so funny man i when love they it go I to the, when they go to the old person's home and we these we see them on the bed and then did you guys watch the end credits scene at the end yes okay good thank god but we still got it oh I, I, I was kind of nervous that they were gonna i was like please don't die right in front of me but then they're like yeah nurse and like oh okay good good they just want to it it was funny it it was really cool that you know well yeah it was it was billy and thea who ultimately like got brought it all together to to save the world but that they play they were there playing guitar but they play they play the moment that's important yeah that they said Mm -hmm. where the moment hits it's them playing uh so they are involved it is still them part of it but like they're not the only thing that could have brought it together and i mean like you can you can go back and extrapolate that, like you know, obviously without Bill and Ted, there's no, there's no daughters yeah. who can yeah. do this. So like, it's all part of the same thing. But I do like that the daughters were such a pivotal part. I like that mm-hmm. the wives even got more to do than they ever had in the previous films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah. the 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 talk at the old folks home between the, the two Bills and two Ted's is so funny yes. and so Ted talking it's to so him. sincere because like I never felt like I really knew you. Yeah, I didn't want to let you know me. Yeah, I felt like every time I saw you, I saw myself. God. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Is like working on multiple levels, and I'm like, this is really good. Did you guys figure oh, out another, I was gonna. What did you guys figure out that it was the daughters who wrote the song and not Bill and Ted? The moment the movie then, started. I'll be honest, I was thinking it before the movie came out. Yeah. 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 Once I knew were daughters. The other moment I really like is when they're with their wives. You know, the whole thing is like they're scared that the wives are going to leave them because they can't mm-hmm. see a future where they're happy together. And then the wives reveal. I really like the moment where they're about to do the infinite thems when when they say, I love you. They yes. find, yeah. The first time in the franchise, I love you. Yeah. yeah. I really yeah, like that. And then, and then we know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, going back to like the therapy session, but where Bill and Ted like sneak and break in, like, okay, so uh, we're here. To, to, to not make things worse. We're not making things worse, right? Okay, don't go hang out with your old versions of yourself, but maybe you're supposed to because time travel. Okay. Did, did we make it worse? <laughs> oh, oh, no, we oh, made it worse. We gotta go. <laughs> and they just look at the window and the old ladies were there. I'm just like, this is hilarious. <laughs> when when the when the uh, person, when George Washington, I think, pops into the, into the, uh, oh, yeah. into the, to the therapist room, he's like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> running down the hall, yeah. So when Jesus comes back to the Last Supper and he's banging, <laughs> he's banging the cowbell. God, it's I'm like, oh did, lord, they, yeah. They did yeah. a really good job with the fun little uh, time displacements that were happening. That really helped fill out like 
the the crisis of what's happening around Wasn't them. It like the without, without it like without it dominating yeah uh, the sahara desert just appeared in san Dimas. queen elizabeth is staring at it That's <laughs> where we're at. yeah i i thought they did that really well without it feeling like it was overplayed throughout the film yeah mm-hmm. and uh uh, this movie is, is this was a $25 million movie. This is a low budget movie and I, it didn't need a budget. I think it looks great for the special effects and again, practical effects. This, this movie nets in an hour and a half and is super well paced. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And packed and packed. I felt like it was longer, not in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, that's only an hour and a half. I feel like we really covered a lot of ground. Well, like a, a good job. Man, does this Does this make Bill and Ted one of the better trilogies because all three movies are good? 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. And Bill and Ted's also one of the franchises where the sequel, at least in two's case, is better than yeah. the original. And I'm like, this is what a franchise. Um, it's so cool. that's so cool. Again, we always talk about like time and like only certain things can happen with time. And like Bill and Ted get old is only something that can happen 20 years after the first movie or second yeah. movie. And I'm like, it's cool that they can have their daughters. And, yeah, yeah, and like all this can happen. And like it worked, it worked out. And it was good because I know the creators have wanted to make a sequel for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost good that it took this long because now you have like the aged and the young. Um, but before this movie came out, I talked about how I, I hoped, like I wasn't concerned, but I just hoped that there wouldn't be a way where like they they were stuck in being who they were that felt like it it was forced and aged out. Yeah. And they rode that line really well where it's like, this is still Bill and Ted because they're good natured dudes. This is how they are. Mm-hmm. But it never felt like it crossed the line to like them saying, things a little too far out of the realm of like people their age being yeah, able to say it. It, it it took the reality of yo these guys are like 50 and they're 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 losers yeah and like it, it did write that line of like wow they're losers but not make it like really sad right uh and I, it did write that line because they're always well. they're always like good intentioned well-spirited because those are who mm-hmm. those guys are yeah like uh, like the moment where where um where ted is keanu <laughs> Yeah, Ted. Thank you. I never remember. Ted is like, you know, they can give me sixty four hundred for the Les Paul, and and Bill's like, does that mean? Yeah, man. I think it means. Yeah. And then they 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 mention later that it's like they don't like us because we're we're living out of a van. We are living out of a van, Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this is a good movie. It's a good one. Yeah, I I had a I had a damn good time with it. I can't wait till I can watch it again. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm man, I'm shocked. Like, I didn't expect it to be bad or anything, but like, I didn't. No, I wasn't expecting it to be bad either. I, when I was done watching the movie, I was like, that was that was fun, that was nice. It, I, I mean, I, I feel like talking about what that was fine. I had a good time. I had a good time. I mean, talking about with you guys more is like, oh yeah, this movie is pretty damn good. Okay. I, I just, still, yeah, go like, ahead. It, last night, because I watched this last night. When I was when we were done when I was done watching it, I was like, "That was good." That, that was I. I, let, I was. You know what happened when I when I finished watching it? I turned to my girlfriend and I said, "Are you crying too?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also love like the end credits, the end credits uh, montage of like just a bunch of people playing instruments. It's the sure? blink and you miss a moment of the real San Dimas High School in there too, which I thought was pretty it's funny. Just, it's just so interesting to me that. Both Sparks and I came to this franchise very late, very yeah. recently, uh, and we liked it more than you, who's who has loved this franchise for yeah, years. I've, I've been a Bill and Ted fan for a very long time. You guys oh, know this. Right. The show knows it. It's it's yeah. My shirts be this was my high school quote. I could pull out my yearbook and show it to you right now. Please don't. I'm not. Yeah, there was there was a weirdo cameo. Right, you're right, Meg. 
Where was the cameo? I didn't catch that. Oh, I didn't catch that. Uh, Guillermo from uh, Jimmy Kimmel was also in a shower. I saw that cameo. I saw that one. Oh, where's yeah. the weird owl? Damn it. Oh, oh well. I'll, I'll watch it again eventually. Sorry, we're, we're infinite us's right now. <laughs> yeah. In case you were wondering, it's an infinite me. Man, Sorry. that Misty joke is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, the guy from SNL, I forget his name, like Beck, Beck, Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett, uh, just making out hard with her. I was like, yeah, you commit. That's funny. Oh, Don't man. call me that. That's what your dad called me. Oh, oh I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't we? Was that the same actress from the very beginning? Yeah. I really hope. It's... Yes, oh, that's the same as Beck Bennett. All right, what, why don't we? Why don't we rate it? Uh, ben, I'll start with you. What would you give it? Solid eight. Brian. Uh, but before we get into, sorry, before we get too far in rating, uh, also just as much credit to uh, Sadler uh, as death. William Sadler. Yeah, uh, coming in as death, uh, also delivering very much the same spirited performance yeah. too. Still uh, funny as Did ever. just as good a job as uh, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Do, a, do, the ba- do the bass solo from the beginning of your album of that album. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. All that stuff with death and like he's just, he wa- he, he it's went very solo. Sin- it's very sincere. I think it's one of the most sincere moments is when the daughters are like building death back up, yeah, and they have to like reunite the band is is a really good moment. I agree. Um, yeah, and I, I did appreciate the the robot uh, for most of his humor, Dennis. Yeah. Uh, All right, so we got eight. Ryan, I would give it a hard nine. Sparks, I'm gonna go ten. I can't wow. find a con. I can't find it's a con true. if I can't find a bad thing in the movie. If I fully enjoy it, I have to give it a ten. There's there's no problem with this movie. <laughs> you wanted a Bill and Ted three. This is the best possible Bill and Ted three I could ever think of. You're, you're right. You are right. You have convinced me, sir. Because you're absolutely right. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I can't really think of anything I didn't like about this movie. I guess it's a perfect movie. Ten. I've done it. I could. <laughs> Brandon to a 10. I can ascend. Take me. You hear that, Billy? Uh, anyway, most so that's excellent. That's our most excellent review of Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, we're going to go. Be a nice, wholesome, but, fun but Before we leave it too far, I'm really not trying to rag on you, Ben. Was there something that disappointed you about it? No. I mean, okay. the only thing I didn't like was the dragging on of Dennis and his name. Besides okay. that, I I thought it was fun. I and thought... you named him after what my I... high school boyfriend. Okay, that was funny. Yeah, what I what I mean more specifically is uh, is is there something you were expecting that you felt like you didn't get? I don't know. Okay. I was I was just I was just praying when we were, when we heard that Bill and Ted was for sure gonna happen when when Face the Music was for sure gonna happen. I was like, cool. But I still gotta keep a little, a little, um, not not ugh, frack. What's the what's the word for it? I just got cautious. I've got to be a little cautious about it because I get it. I love this. I love these films. Sure. I love the first one. I love the second one. I'm and I grew up with them. love this one. Maybe I, upon a rewatch, you'll like it more. Probably, probably. Yeah. It's just when I was, I wasn't expect. I'm, I I saw the Rotten Tomato score earlier. It was eighty. I was like, okay, thank God. And then when I was watching, I was like, this is good. This is good. It's Bill and Ted. It's sure. fun. It's it's a fun movie to to watch. One of those things. What? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly why I don't love this movie as much as you guys do. Which don't get me wrong. I am so happy that you do. No, I, I know. I'm not saying you didn't. No, I'm. I still really, really dig this movie. 
I will okay. definitely recommend Bill and Ted, all three films to people because no, they I, are I, most excellent. It's, I, I, I really was just curious if like, cause, cause you are so seeped into it. And when you're a passionate fan of something like that, there's usually like, if something doesn't live up to it, it's usually because there was something you were wanting from it. I was just wondering if you knew if there was something I, I did. that you were wanting that you felt like wasn't delivered. No, I just yeah. wanted a good Bill and Ted movie and I did get one. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. All righty then. Book club time. Hey, welcome to the fake nerd comic book store. Can I help you find anything today? Yeah, hi. Um, Do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, Anything readable? It's book club time, book club time. Da, 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 da. Anyway, and yes, man, um, excellent to each other and party on, dudes. All right, so it's, a, it's book club. It's my turn this time. It's so weird when it's my turn because I never know how to intro myself. Um, Brandon, <laughs> take it away. Thank you, Ryan. Um, I picked, because uh, of Matt Reeves, actually, Matt Reeves, uh, DC fandom mentioned a Batman comic that he took inspiration from for this new The Batman movie that he's directing. He mentioned Batman Ego by Darwin Cook, which made me very happy because I love Darwin Cook. Yeah. But I never read Ego before, but I own it in this deluxe edition, Ego and Other Tales. So I picked Batman Ego. I didn't pick the other tales. You're good. I was about to say, I only read Ego. I, I was like, okay. uh, I, I read a couple of the other tales, but we don't need to talk about them. Yes, yeah, so I picked Batman Ego. Oh, that is that is a big book, yeah, isn't it? It's big book. This this uh, real quickly, this is Ego. Yeah, oh, okay. seventy it's about seventy pages. Yes, it, it's shorter than I expected. Uh, I, I I don't I guess I'm just so used to reading trades that are like you know like eight issues long. Like this was a this was a, a fast read for me. Sure, yeah, and I was, yeah. really quick for me too. I finished it. I finished reading it in like thirty minutes. I was like, when I got done, when I got done with it, I was like, wait, that's it. And you read the other tales. And here's the, I, I knew it was going to be shorter, but I didn't I didn't want to be like because of the way we we do um because of the way we do our our book club reading. I didn't want to be like okay, read Batman Ego, then Gotham Knights twenty three twenty four, and then blah, blah blah, and like keep listing all these one shots that are in this book. That's sure. what I did. You guys did it. But I yeah whatever Batman Ego. Uh, so this is by Darwin Cook, my, one of my favorite writers. Art right written by and drawn by. Uh, what do we think about this one? I really like it. Um, I, I always like seeing Darren Cook's work. Yeah. Um, whether it's just him doing his art or him writing uh, and doing his art, it's it. Uh, this is a really nice. Do you know what year this was? Two thousand. Two thousand. That makes a lot of sense. Twenty okay. years ago. Um, yeah. Uh, I really really like the execution of this. Um, I think it's I think it's really well handled. Uh, and I really like what it's tackling about um, Bruce and Batman. I think that there's been other pieces that have done the separation of Bruce kind of facing Batman, but I don't think they've ever nailed the um, poetic execution of Batman representing Bruce's fear. Yeah. And uh, I think part of that is the writing, but I also think part of that is the fact that Batman looks kind of like a grotesque uh, oogie boogie version of I, Batman I in this. I 100% thought of oogie boogie. With like his shadow. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Yeah. And that makes him feel like something that Bruce is supposed to be afraid of. Because mm -hmm. usually when you get Bruce versus Batman stuff, Batman looks like Batman. Yeah. But yeah. this like like creepy haunting Batman Almost for Bruce, which like, I think makes it more powerful. Like a like Hulk. Like it, a Hulk Hulk. It's like, Bruce's Babadook. 
Well, no, I got Bob and Dick vibes absolutely because there's moments where he's just like you know with his six turned fingers like yeah. this. Yeah. Or he's got his hands back. He's meant to look like the boogeyman Batman, and yeah. I think yeah. that's very effective when it's Bruce looking at him that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, obviously, the artwork is amazing. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what, what, Ryan, what do you think of this one? I think it's dope. Uh, Darwin Cook's awesome. Um, it 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 reminds me kind of like Batman animated series a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just also because Darwin Cook kind of has a, a little bit of that style. But um, yeah, yeah I I uh, I'm a big fan of this book. I as as the Batman we read last week. I'm all about intro, introspective Batman shit. Uh, and this was right up my alley. Um, I just it's not even a problem. I just I just like, I finished it. I'm like oh. Oh, it's over. Um, like the opening with um, the city I've given myself to threatens to crush me with the weight of my commitment to her. That's that's right on my alley. That's all. That's my shit. Um, okay, um, spirit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> uh, like like going through like the different villains, like what those villains represent, and like like Two Face and stuff. Um, yeah. Like again, like this all this issue takes place like in Batman's head, uh, and that's that's um, almost all. Almost all. I love that. By the way, yeah. yeah. I love that the idea is that. You know, Bruce Wayne is thinking about giving up being Batman. Um, because like what's the point? And he and Batman's like, you can't. You just you just can't. So I propose we split time. You won't even know I exist. Uh I I really wanna spotlight like I did not expect the opening uh to be the the catalyst that it was, which is the do you know what I did? I killed my family because I couldn't let the Joker have his hands on them and then yeah. shoots himself. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. guy killed his wife and son and then himself. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, this is and Batman's guilt. way more uh, effective than I thought it was yeah. going to be. Not only life. that, but when Batman's <laughs> trying to say like, oh, he's stopping in the middle of the bridge. This is where must he, he must have stashed the money. The money. And then it takes and then a- he's about to jump and Batman's like, oh shit. Yeah. Not on my watch. Yeah, and Batman's uh, already injured from yeah. early in the night. What a what a powerful opening catalyst for this. The fact, uh, you ahead. know, one of the things I really liked about this book, and I feel like I like about like, so last week when Ryan had a bunch of his Batman books that we read, the ones I liked a lot were like Date Night and the ones that just dealt with Batman as a person. Sure. I feel like this is one of those books. Those I feel like quintessential Batman books that people should read. I mean, don't get me wrong. Definitely read the ones where he's a bombastic superhero. He's kicking ass and taking names, but where he you really dive deep into Batman as a character. I like this a lot, and I like when stories deal with that a lot. I want to I want to showcase the dialogue that Sparks just mentioned uh, with the catalyst of the story, where the guy says, "I couldn't bear the thought of my wife and daughter in the hands of that maniac, so I killed them myself. I'll see you in hell, you lunatic." Yeah, and just so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I really. Oh, I, Batman, I, go ahead. Batman shows up. Did I do it? Yeah. It. Yeah, he shows up on the back computer. He shows up and it's there, but it's in the shadows of of Bruce's shadow and everything too. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Um, I I agree with Ben. I I really like when it explores like uh the not only the duality of Bruce and Batman, but also uh uh the the where on bruce mm-hmm. that yes. batman is and having yeah. to make a choice um i, I know like, you got something you want i to like the um because he's talking to you know the the representation of batman and he's and uh batman's like well perhaps you prefer a more spiritual example and it's like different 
like yes. different yes different types of batman yes like ancient cultures speak of simple tribesmen inhabited by the spirits of great warriors or modern training and mental conditioning can turn a small to, small town school teacher into a killing machine and um, that's like different ways of splitting people's personalities yes. and then when he brings up uh um um zorro Yes, yeah. Don Diego. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he says even your beloved Don Diego understood the most basic principle of anything worth fighting for. In war, there are casualties as uh, Zorro is wiping blood. And Darren Quick does this so well because it's a series of sequences where the panels are splitting characters in half between what would be their their Bruce Wayne and their Batman, their Don Diego and their Zorro, their their ancient spirit and their soldier. Uh, and then Thomas, Thomas the and, healer. And Bruce the child. Yeah. Yeah, man. This is a... This is a uh, and Batman... And Batman. Joker and Batman, yeah. Um, I really, sorry, I just really like the 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 design of the Batman figure skulking by the giant penny. Yeah, I do yeah. too. That's really uh, funny. I, um, I, I, uh, I, go ahead. Oh, I wanted to showcase some of the art where um where he's talking some some of the dialogue here because he's talking about how other villains come to be, and he he says we must satisfy justice. We we must kill the Joker. Yes. And that's this Batman is trying to be like, let me kill. We have to kill him. Uh, we have to kill him. My one of my favorite pieces is uh, where he says we can't. Um, you, you we can't do death and all this. And he says, I will show you blood. I will show you death. And he showers skulls down upon him, which are meant to represent all of the people that Batman doesn't save. Yes, uh, that he is buried in. Feel its weight take you down. Um, Bruce Wayne, humanitarian, you self-righteous hypocrite. You talk about the sanctity of human life while you lie buried under scores of human victims. Uh, that is some powerful, powerful stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then later, Bruce is uh, talking about, uh, talking back to him, and he starts laughing at how crazy this is, uh, talking to Batman, and Batman shoves him backwards <laughs> and, uh, and says, what do you think it'll be like when you turn back on me and ignore me now and I promise you will live to regret it. And Batman has been thrown back into the costume containers and there's a shredded Robin costume hanging over him as he says, you're going to regret it later if you don't listen to me, which yeah. is such good foreshadowing. Uh, I can't, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed this book immensely. Yeah. And if it if it is a sign of things to come for the batman yeah so i'm super interested in how any of this could i work don't into that movie. i can't imagine that it's batman talking to you like no god kid. no but i would not be shocked if the if the plot of batman tries to stop someone and he kills himself because he want he was too scared of a villain and that could be a motivation and that and that there could be a lot in this movie of like an established this the, i what i would take away is i think matt reeves is wanting to establish batman's role of no kill yes because it's still mm -hmm. he's still again like it's year two like we see in that trailer he's super brutal so like we don't know we don't know if he's at that stage yet yeah. or like he isn't he's fully said no to killing um, right yeah. i'm not against that like i type of ideas has to be done well yeah so, and yeah. I, I think this would be really good there's so, a I, moment where batman says you're breaking my heart yeah. which is drawn so sincere sincerely Mm -hmm. so i think i know why one of the reasons why i love stuff like this it's because it deals with batman on a smaller scale sure like um because i'm thinking trying to think about the other batman stories i absolutely love like my favorite one the long halloween and batman year one whereas those are it's batman but on a much smaller scale he's not trying to save all of gotham long halloween example he's trying, trying to go after one killer um, year one, it's him establishing himself, just trying to help the city. He's not trying to 
it's not like um uh say Batman Endgame, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, where he where the, the Joker has this whole the whole city under his thrall. Yeah. It's this this big bombastic thing where it's no Batman's just doing street level stuff. He's just trying to to find a killer of people of someone who's killing all these crime lords. I might be, he's I'm, dealing in this book specifically. He's dealing with his own ego. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, I, I, as you guys know, because with my last pick and then this pick, I like this a lot. Like I like the the very introspective Batman. But you bring up that Scott Snyder Endgame, and I still love that first issue where he has to fight Jokerized Flash, and he has a plan to fight Jokerized Flash, and the Flash is running at him so fast, and he has to say the words Red Rum or Red Run so fast to stop the Joker. And like, man, Batman fighting the Justice League is kind of cool sometimes. It is. It is. Great. Yeah, yeah. No, no, don't get me wrong. That stuff is cool. But the stuff for me that I think that makes Batman even a more interesting and unique character is stuff like this. I agree. Um, One of the things I really enjoy about this book um, is that it's not about fighting a villain. Yeah, it is. It is all it is all introspective. But it is about do we kill the Joker? Um, Yes. Uh, I do want to sort out a little section here, which is uh, when he's being offered the essentially Harvey Dent Two-Face deal. And he says, uh, you are truly ruthless. I should know. This is Bruce talking to Batman. It was my force of will that molded you in this image, but I channeled your fury towards a purpose. I tempered your wrath. Left unchecked, your vengeance would be monstrous. And it shows just like Joker horrified and bleeding. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. says, no, the answer is no, no way. Uh, and then he says, then there's another option. Uh, and he gives him the gun, which is representative of the gun that killed his parents. And he, and he tells him to kill him. He's like, think of it, a new life. You're free of fear, free of the horrible weight of responsibility. Free me. And this Batman looks so pleading as he leans down to Bruce. Free yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course, uh, Bruce says, I can't. It would be. And he flashes back to the guy who just shot himself earlier that night committing suicide. Uh and then he screams out, for God's sakes, is this my life? This is such a tortured Bruce oh. facing this. Oh, it's I... like, I have to carry the responsibility, but I cannot, I cannot let you run free like this. Uh, in is Arkham this Night, what I have to look forward to? Yes, it is our destiny. Yeah. Uh, in Arkham Knight, I forget. Even if even if it's a hallucination, um, Batman, you're forced to kill the Joker in that game. Uh, there's a button sequence where I left it on the screen for five minutes, and it's just your hands around the Joker saying, kill Joker. Uh, and it didn't give me a choice not to do that. So that that's a Batman who kills. That's cool. Love you, Arkham Knight. That's great. This book is better than Arkham Knight. <laughs> uh, that's not in question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this quite a bit. I'm glad I picked this. Yeah, me too. Um, I was also curious to read it after Matt Reeves said that. So that's why I kind of laughed when Brandon picked it. Yeah. Um, nice nice call, though. I'm, I'm very yeah. curious how much... Uh, I'm glad that this is the kind of material Matt Reeves is thinking about going into the Batman, regardless of how much of this actually translates into the film. Just the fact that like what he's pulling from in his heart of the view of Batman is things like this. I'm like, you're in the right place, yes. sir. This is yes. this is the Batman I want to see on screen. A Batman who constantly contemplates his actions, killing all these things, uh, doesn't just you know run over people with a tank. Anyway. Sparks, it's your book club next week. What do you got? Uh, well, you know, guys. Don't pick Batman. I really like Bill and Ted so much. I don't necessarily want to leave those righteous guys behind yet. So we're going to read mm-hmm. Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Boom Studios. Yeah. I think you're going to pick the Bill and Ted's most triumphant return. That's the only one I know. I didn't know there was another one. There's a few. Uh, oh, where is this place on the timeline? I have no idea. Oh, cool. All uh, the comics are after the movie. Which one? Both All of them. them. One, the two. Not yeah. the third one. Uh-huh. Oh, the second one. 
yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Bill and Ted Go to Hell. It's a little four issue uh, miniseries. So all right, Sparks, you got some more homework to do if you want to. If you want to read this, you got to watch the Bill and Ted animated series and the live action series. No, I definitely do not have to watch uh, the series because uh, the writer has specifically Chris talked Madison. about how he feels about the canon of comics and shows. And he says, the comics, I don't mind. I'll never read them and I don't consider them canon, but I don't mind. But he actively hates the shows because they wouldn't let him work on them. Really? Not, yeah. Not canon. The creator of Bill and Ted? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves did the voices for the characters in the anime show. I thought it was cool. That's anyway. It's awesome. Next week, Mulan. It's happening. Reviews are out. Yeah, we already put a review out. We're done. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> we'll just do that again, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Mulan is coming to Disney Plus next week. So uh, we'll talk about that. Er, what I meant to say was early reviews are out. They say it is good. Yes. Good. Um, all right, guys, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, uh, thank you so much. Uh, remind, remember, there's a lot of cool stuff on this YouTube channel. Uh, there's the Fake Nerds Watch series. We just put out a new episode of Umbrella Academy Season 2. It's a recap of the entire second season. Uh, and the second episode of Lovecraft Country. Uh, both those are up right now. Lovecraft Country Episode 1 is our most watched episode ever. So awesome. I, I It is for the most part. I think one of our Game of Thrones episodes might be higher, but that was like yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Um, Audio-wise, audio it's still our first Mark Guggenheim interview. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Max says, later guys, and party on. Be excellent. Thank Thanks for sticking around, Max. Um, okay. Oop, that was not what I meant to do. Goodbye. Um, all right. And we also have Basement Arcade on here. You can check out our Avengers beta. Uh, we've got the single player and the multiplayer. That game comes out in two days. Uh, do you guys know what, do you guys want to tease your next Basement Arcade? Um, I hope you like the Dark Knight. I was going to say, bad... Vengeance. <laughs> All right. And our fake nerd book club series, which we have a couple of episodes up right now. It's our newest show. We have Waste Space, Volume 1, 2, and 3, uh, The Pride, Volume 1, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Volume 1. 2 and 3 is up this week. Correct, Sparks? Um, Power Rangers 2 and 3 should be up either t probably tomorrow, but um, possibly Tuesday, but yeah, real soon. Cool. And of course, Check out our Patreon, our T Public, if you want to support us financially. Uh, a lot of cool stuff on our T Public. Uh, a lot of cool shirts. Our Patreon has the two tiers. Uh, one's a really shit deal. Don't do that one. Save me the money. Um, <laughs> uh, but you can check out all those links. <laughs> Start saying that. <laughs> I know. I forget. Um, <laughs> you can check out all those links in the description below. Our YouTube link for you audio listeners is in the description below. A lot of, lot of links in the description. Check them all out. We got the Old School Gamer Magazine article by Ben. We got our newest stuff that came out this week. Uh, and we got our, you know, where you can find us and help us out. Uh, or you could go to our website, www.fakenerdpodcast.com. All the links are there. Uh, everything is there. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who's been watching. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our theme music and our uh, interim bits. If you've been listening to this on the audio feed. Uh, then you've been hearing those. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Belucci Keyboards. Uh, also, he does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist, where you can find that on iTunes. Nine episodes are out right now. Very funny comedy show. Um, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official. Instagram at Subpoc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike, you're awesome. We love you, buddy. Uh, yeah. We had a cool chat about James Cameron the other day. 
Um, he did our logos for this show, for Book Club, for Miscellaneous, whenever that comes back. Uh, you can find that at Mike Patola. Okay. Uh, I'm almost done writing them, but I have no idea when the hell I want to record them. Yeah. Um, all right. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me trying to be excellent at BenMagnet27 on both Instagram, Twitter, and now Twitch. And also, like Brandon said, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. My newest article about the Netflix documentary High Score is up right now. I also got a whole bunch of other stuff, so if you just you scroll down to that, click my name, all my articles are there. Go ahead, read them, tell me what you think about it, but there you go. Sparks? Uh, you can find me partying on dudes at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z-Witty. Ryan? Hey, guys, it's me. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere all the time. That's me. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, like us on Facebook. Like us on... What is this called? Like us on YouTube. Subscribe <laughs> to this channel. Uh, rate and review. When we go live. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys. There's only one uh, way to end this. No. Uh, may I suggest that in honor of Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did with a Wakanda forever. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever, my friend. Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs>